This is Alt Haven's exclusive live stream of Predation. If you're eager to witness the live action firsthand, join us on Twitch every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST on twitch.tv slash Althaven. If you're savoring what you hear and want more captivating content, explore Althaven's other remarkable podcasts, like $2 Creature Feature and Pest Control. Our extensive backlog spans from the mystical realms of ghosts, werewolves, and vampires to the cosmic adventures of Star Trek and the heroic tales of superheroes. Your support is invaluable to Althaven, and we appreciate every moment you spend with us. Thank you for being part of our Haven. Welcome back to the Cretaceous period, everybody. I am your GM tonight, Eric Campbell, and I am here with the Stream Punks. Uh, we're going to get underway as we kick things off. Uh, chapter 4 of Legacy of Silver Creek. Uh, before we get underway tonight, we've got a couple announcements that we want to get out of the way. Uh, the first big one that I'm going to toss out to everybody is a surprise stream announce. Uh, this Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific time over on twitch.tv backslash MS Society, I will be running a game to stream to stop MS along with uh, B, Zelda, Lisa Pearl, Caitlin Bruder, uh, and me. Um, Sam, are you in that with me? I think you are. I do see a Sam. Is it the same Sam? Are, are we talking about the same Sam? Uh, or is it hopefully evil? I will have found you a better Sam by Friday. Yeah, let me know. If all of those Sams uh, refuse, I'll I'll have to be taken. Keep me posted. You have yes. fractured the mirror universe so many times, and I, it's getting very I, difficult to keep track. Look, I've um, still got Gorilla Glue. Surely I can make this work. You can make. You can. I have faith in you. We all have faith in you. Um, that's going to be this Friday. At 12 p.m., uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. Um, I think that was the only announcement I had tonight. I didn't have anything else going up. Uh, does anybody else have any announcements that they'd like to talk? Oh, my God. Caitlin Bruder, yes. What would you like to say? Uh, two things. I'm very podcast-heavy right now, but Thin Places Radio, uh, our 10 minutes or less tiny audio drama, kind of spooky audio drama, is coming back uh, in October. We'll have a date very soon, which is very cool, but season two is going to be very, very fun. I highly uh, recommend everybody check it out. It's available on all podcast platforms, major ones. If you've got a little one that I don't know about, it's probably not there, but everywhere else, you can probably find it. Uh, and secondly, this is the first time I'm officially announcing this, is that we have another episode of Stonehouses, uh, our amateur guide to fiction, fable, and folklore. Uh, we have an episode in the can, and I'm hoping to get it out this week. So I'll keep a secret on what the topic is. But if you like uh, casual conversations about folklore, um, my housemate and I have been doing this show for like five years, which is wild, but we do like an episode a year. <laughs> so that's going to happen. So keep an eye out for it. That's what I got. Awesome. All right. Anybody else got anything that they want to share with the audience? Yes, Elisa. Uh, uh, as always, as ever, I am writing some interactive visual fiction, visual novels on Storyloom. You can download Storyloom on an, any device, Android or iPhone. Uh, and uh, you can also uh, read Storyloom on a browser. And I have two stories, Welcome to the Blood Bar and Anaya the Hunter, Town on Fire. My September chapters of Anaya the Hunter are dropping very soon because we're in September, friends. I need to drop, I need to drop those soon. Um, so, so, but you can catch up on the first four chapters right now on Storyloom. And thank you so much. I, the, after the shout out last week, I got a lot of chapter reads, which is great. Thank you so much. Keep it up. Keep reading them. Reread them and do different choices the next time. It all is very fun and interactive. All right. Thank you, Elisa. Um, any, yes, Noir. 
Well, Kayla made podcast sound so exciting. I, I, I wanted to do an announcement upon the podcast too. Uh, part episode two of our Urban Shadows podcast for One Shot Network is coming out this week. Uh, it's part of my audition to be a host of the One Shot Podcast Network. So uh, go ahead, check it out. We've got an outstanding cast, some familiar. I was going to say voices, but it's a podcast. Oh, mm-hmm. faces, but it's podcast. So you got familiar <laughs> voices. Uh, and once you check it out, they are doing a survey uh, to see what folks think of all the hosts. So just go to One Shot Network Podcast to fill out that survey and be like, oh, my God, no are so cool. Or not. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, you better. You better. Right now I'm saying, I, I, no, I won't say it, so I will. You better. You better go do that. <laughs> That's it. All right. Thank you, Noir. Anybody else have anything they'd like to announce? Anything else? Anybody else? Nobody else? Wow, nobody else, really? I'm just... <laughs> yes, uh, the cute little sea urchin in the front row. <laughs> it's <'cause> spiky. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I'm getting this right, podcasts. Podcasts are the thing we're, we're announcing this week. Okay, yeah. I, can, I can do that, because here's the thing, y'all. Pest Control invited me, after having built out their lovely little world, to play world-building games to help develop their setting further. That means I got two episodes to have actions and then let them go for them to experience all the consequences of the choices I helped to engineer. And part two of that guest spot is live now. Jake will very kindly drop that link. Uh, It's a really fun show. I had a really fun time. And there are simply too many Sams. And uh, somehow none of them will agree uh, to be uh, the Sam, even though they're all infinitely better qualified. Um, So please check that out. Also, you may have noticed at some point in this series that I like science a little. Uh, uh, But if you maybe want to find out a little bit of science, please check out May Contain Science. It is my YouTube channel where I push clips from Twitch on my very early morning people show to the whole world anytime you want on youtube.com slash at delevely the latest episode coffee makes concrete stronger you can make stronger concrete by putting coffee into it why and how and why is there anything it can't do it's uh find out on may contain science (laughs) (laughs) you peek about it and it like genuinely made me tear up it was very cool that's beautiful. It's very cool. Science. It's very, very, very cool and beautiful, and 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 you should check it out. And who knows, there might be even more. Si- oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about there might be more science tonight during our episode of Legacy of Silver Creek. Oh my gosh, there might be science. I'm excited. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's chapter of Legacy of Silver Creek. Welcome back, everyone. We begin chapter four. In the darkest of night. Past midnight, storm clouds have rolled in and have completely blocked out the stars in the sky. The tree line of the Red Jaw Wilds is a subtle thing. The foliage that grows out from the tree line kind of makes it look like a field of tall greenery that blends into the great pines that grow up along the outskirts of Silver Creek, about half a mile away. And bursting through that foliage, 
at full run is Zach, followed by your two companions who were um, who lagged behind to ensure that you caught up to them. Um, however, because of some pretty spectacular rolls and some good pulls, when we last left off in chapter three, there is nothing chasing you. And your run and the high winds, which have caused all kinds of sounds to mask your escape, have ensured that nothing is going to be chasing after you or catching up to you anytime soon. Even from here, though, from a mile and a half, from about a half a mile out, you can see the sloping grasslands just outside of Silver Creek and down below amongst swaying tall grass. Far from here, you can see in an almost like valley is the settlement of Silver Creek itself. It looks so tiny right now. The lights that you can see inside the walls that are glowing that warm, welcoming, yellowish orange, but the dark clouds that have gathered over it. At this point, you can see the gray curtain that is obscuring the horizon, even in the darkest of nights here, indicating a, a serious rainstorm is fast approaching and you can smell it in the wind zach you've lived out in the wilds long enough to know that this thing is going to be hitting very soon so to say nothing of the fact that the wind has picked up significantly and has started to slowly cause the tops of the big trees that you all just ran from to sway back and forth in preparation for a violent dance that's going to be smashing this place in a little under half an hour getting back to silver creek all three of you are going to be on foot. So you're going to have to sort of Aragorn, Gimli, run this all the way as quickly as possible if you're planning on getting back to Silver Creek before the storm does. Otherwise, you're going to have to contend with the environment as it slams into uh, the area. You see, standing next to you, coming out is Tara, who's just... <sighs> catching her breath and looks up at you with this big smile on her face. And she says, I was going to be mad at you, but that was great. I'll be mad at you later. Talking waste your air <laughs> is all he says. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, we we're, we're full, full steam ahead. Um, Zach is, is setting the pace, but, mm -hmm. The moment somebody lags behind, he's going to tell the next person behind him, keep going and try to get the one that's lagging gotcha. going, like pushing whatever he has to do. Okay. So you begin the hard run. You make, you make sure to pace yourself. It's not a sprint. Faster than a jog. You guys push yourself down the slope. Uh, the super herd that was here for the past day or so is nowhere to be seen. Your guess is the weather has a tendency of driving animals in the opposite direction to escape the oncoming storms. It's not unusual to, to see like animals seeking shelter uh, amongst the trees when this kind of thing is happening. So wherever they are, they're not out here. That at least is something of a boon. You don't have to contend with a bunch of terrified, angry seven-ton trikes that uh, you to run through. In this case, you have an open field. So. I'm going to have you roll. So go ahead and make me a, I'm going to call this a standard roll, a difficulty of two as you are running. 
Um, this is going to be, if you have anything here that is going to help you with your stamina, it's not a speed roll. This is more on strength. So you're actually calling upon your ability to maintain the run more than you are to try to get there. So if you have anything that will help you in any kind of long distance running or anything like that, Vecker and Tara are also uh, keeping up with you. You'll be rolling for yourself. So go ahead and make that check. Okay. I have the physical skill running. Uh, I think that would, I think that would uh, count for this, that sprint and like long distance. Amazing. Yes, that absolutely <laughs> counts. So that'll lower the difficulty from two down to one. You need a three or better on this roll. Uh, that is a 16. Then you are pushing through. Even when your limbs begin to give you that familiar burn, you know that you can endure it. You'll just have a good exhale when you get there. But this is not the first time you've had to run a good mile, half mile when you needed to. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, he's just, he knows that on his own, he could make this run. It's just the concern for the other two. That's that. That's the only thing that could mess him up. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's just, yeah, it's constantly, it's constantly looking back because he wants to be aware the second somebody like trips or stops to take a breath to stop to, to knock that nonsense. <laughs> okay. Um, real quick, as mm -hmm. this run is happening, uh, I, I have to ask just to, to keep track and you get to tell me where, but where is Kimmy right now? Uh, I think Kimmy would be taking to the sky. Um, I, I, with with his walk with the dinosaurs and just with how familiar he is with Kimmy, I think he has verbal commands, mm -hmm. uh, like you know, calls and whistles like uh, falconeers have. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think he's giving Kimmy the uh, "go home" call. Okay. Uh, and I, uh, and if I, I'm more than happy to roll for that. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say uh, make yeah make the roll. I, I'm. I, I'm going to go ahead and start this off with the GM intrusion. Yes! <laughs> um, if you're going to make that roll, it's going to be real minor, though. It's going to be real mild. Mm -hmm. Would you like to accept it? Uh, absolutely, I will. Okay. So gain an XP and send right. that XP to anybody else you want. Ooh, I, you know, I'm going to send it on over to... I'm the worst with names. Give me a sec. Uh, I'm going to send it to uh, to Joe. Joe, gain an XP. Uh, in that case, uh, what I'm doing here is because of the environmental factors in play and because Kimmy is not known for leaving you even when you tell Kimmy to leave you, mm -hmm. I'm going to raise the difficulty from the standard three to a standard five. Okay. So it is going to be a challenging roll. So it's a real minor GM intrusion. Pretty easy as they go. <laughs> Let's not say that. <laughs> if Baldur's Gate taught me anything, it's to respect the challenge. Yep. Um, here we go. Ooh, <laughs> I wrote eleven. Okay, so Kimmy, do me a favor and make me a check here. This is going to be an intellect check. If you have anything that enhances perception, um. Your companion alerts you to the slightest signs of danger. You gain an acid on initiative. No. Oh, brilliant. That's definitely going to come into play here. 
Okay. In which case, uh, you don't have to roll anything. That's just going to that is going to manifest as that ability. Okay. In which case, um, you instruct Kimmy to leave. Yeah. Kimmy, you get what Zach is trying to tell you. Every instinct in your body tells you no. Every instinct in your body is screaming right now. It's gone into survival mode. Because you see something Zach does not see. And I'm going to go ahead and ask Zach to roll initiative. <laughs> and no. Zach, you get that asset to your initiative roll. Okay. All right, so uh, what am I adding to this? Am I adding like... This is a speed check. So anything okay. that is going to help you with speed, you can you can spend effort on initiative okay. rolls. I have speed defense. Does that help? That's when you're attacked. That's when okay. something, yeah. Okie dokie. So well, we, we talked about this the other day. Um, so you have technically, you have an inability in initiative, but one of your other abilities gives you one back so you're back at flat and then kimmy gives you one so you get to you get to lower by one automatically okay and then if you have anything to do with initiative it'll be an initiative skill um otherwise you can spend from your speed pool Got to you. lower the, uh, the difficulty. Uh, because i'm explosive i get two to my speed pool so i'm just gonna use those two uh to drop this okay All right, here we go I wrote an 11 again. Also, shout out to Flapjack of the Steve Pucks uh, Discord, who was like, maybe don't take every G if it You're right, buddy. You, you're right. That is that is that is 100% counter Sam philosophy. And, and I would say, do so. As long as I don't take every, because I have the Luma rule. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. I can accept every other intrusion. <laughs> I do want to remind the players real quick as, as a reminder, because uh, I, I highly encourage you all to within reason, but definitely every single game, you have story points. You have a big pool. You mm -hmm. have 10 story points and we almost never get through them. So don't feel like you got to hoard them as uh, you know, I was, I, I, um, I, I've been on the Steve Puck, Street Pucks uh, uh, Discord a bunch and I promised S-Shock I would use their uh, story point. So can I do that? S-Shock? Yeah, S-Shock22 on our uh, Discord was like, hey, use mine. I'm like, okay. Oh yeah, S-Shock, I see you there. Oh, and I love I love your coffee icon, S-Shock. It's from Space Show that I can't unfortunately <laughs> invoke here, but I love it. Um, yes, so this is a story point by S-Shock. That's going to lower the difficulty of this, which I actually haven't given you yet. Okay. Um, so uh, the difficulty now is a standard two. All right, let's freaking do this. So what did you roll? You did you already roll? Oh, yeah, I already wrote. I already wrote. I wrote it... 11. I wrote an 11 again. Okay, yeah. Oh, you know what? Hold on to the story point thing because you already you succeeded. Oh, okay. You won initiative. Woo! Um, yeah, you see it coming largely thanks to Kimmy, who Kimmy just instinctively, you immediately begin to screech as powerfully as you can over the roaring wind. Screech and snaps and kind of like does like a, a low dive at you, not like all the way to the ground, but she lowers and is snapping and screeching in your direction. Zekka just says, what the hell is wrong with her? And as Zekka shouts that out, Kimmy, from your angle up above, you see three lines parting through the grass, heading straight towards the group as they're running. You just see them darting towards at, at quick speeds. 
they look like they're unaware everything in your body screams predate like a predator is coming straight at them um kimmy's behavior alerts you zach yeah and the hair on your neck stands up because as as a Karn, you've been in this situation before and all of a sudden kimmy is alerting it's one of those chaotic moments where so much is happening around you and your focus is on getting to Silver Creek. And for a split second, it, it takes you a moment to pull yourself away. But then instinctively, you stop. You just come skidding to a stop and whirl into the direction just as the three raptors begin to emerge at high speed from the grass. As you whirl on them and meet them face to face, you stop the three of them. Looks like they were prepping to pounce. But as you make eye contact, all three of them kind of stop and crouch down their mouths open. They let out this, this like bleeding sound as you see their tongues kind of lap around inside of their mouths hungrily as they stare at the three of you. In this dark of night, all you're doing is catching the glint from their eyes emanating off of the light that you guys are carrying as you're running through the grass. You can see their large forms. They look like they're maybe about four and a half feet at the shoulder, crouching low. There's three of them. Uh, I'm going to tell the others, keep going. And I am keeping my eyes on them. Um, oh, boy. Let's see. Do I have anything? That, well, what, oh. <laughs> Zach knows what to do. Noir is stressing. Um, let's see. If you uh, want, if you want, you can roll, you can. So this is something I try to remind people in my D and D games too. Mm -hmm. You can always say, I don't know, but my character sure has an 18 intelligence. You can always <laughs> say, you can always be like, what would Zach know to do here and make a roll for it if you want. Yes. That's and what get I a would GM like. To hint, basically. I would like that, please. Cause um, Eric is terrible with riddles and puzzle solving. <laughs> which is oh, why I am so, I am so inclined to always roll up an, a character with an 18 intelligence. Cause I'll be like, I'm Sam Delev tonight. What's up? <laughs> Um, that wouldn't help with puzzles. Excuse you, Sam has at least a twenty intelligence. That's... Don't don't even don't even lowball it. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm, do I need to wait for difficulty first, or just roll this bad boy? Uh, so to I'll set that. Uh, I'm gonna. It, don't you have an ability walks with dinosaurs or anything? Yes, like that? walks with dinosaurs. Uh, it's basically. Uh, you're not so sure about humans, but you know dinosaurs are like this. Yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah. just get them, and they seem to get you through training technology. You spend points, right? I, yeah. I, oh no, this is it. It's automatic. Yeah, it just says that I understand them. Okay. Uh, and you don't have to spend intellect pool or anything like that. You just get to understand. Okay, so then yeah. I'm gonna give it to you. Okay. No roll necessary. Cool, cool. Uh, so first of all, the Chris Pratt technique will get you killed. It will not work here. <laughs> Okay. Throwing, throwing your hands up and saying don't attack me is the best way to ensure a raptor <laughs> thinks that you're donating your hand to the better cause. Um, in this case, you know the moment one of you tries to run, that one becomes the pack, the one that got away from the pack and becomes the target for the rest of the pack. If any of you break away, just like a, 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 like a, a hatchling that has been left behind by the parents, the pack is going to follow that one. Okay. So your instinct in telling Kara and Zecker to run immediately, you, you hesitate for a second as your mind yeah. is racing. You catch yourself before you give the instruction. You still have the initiative. They have not attacked. They are Because you whirled on them, you basically, as you know this, this last piece of information I'll give you, is when incidents like this happen, predators 
always rely on surprise when they lose surprise and it becomes something where the prey is aware of them now there's risk involved and predators will usually slam the brakes and reassess before they attack all right i'm pulling out the shield and the solar chainsaw okay i am going to this is going to be uh his first turn he is just I'm uh, I'm essentially using my explosive again, so I am foregoing an action on this combat for the first turn, and okay. I'm just locking their gaze because the second they come, because I'm foregoing this turn, uh, I get a plus five. So I'm okay. uh, he's essentially waiting for them to make a move and hoping that the chainsaw and the shield, these aggressive actions, show that this isn't a pack that's running. This is a pack that's ready to fight. Indeed. So when you pull out this chainsaw, which is an artifact of a future world that does that this world may never know, you pull out this hundred plus year old piece of tech. As you activate it, it lights up like the sun and the small crystalline blades that circle around the edges of the saw just start to spin and light begins to emanate from it as you hold it up. Doesn't hold like a typical chainsaw, like you would hold it with two hands. Instead, it has this strange side grip. It kind of fits down onto your forearm, almost making it like a single blade that spins and glows like the sun. And as you hold it up, the small droplets of rain are hissing and steaming and immediately evaporating the moment they touch the blades. It is enough to definitely get the raptor's attention. The other thing you notice too, though, Zach, is as you hold this thing up, the wind that is starting to pick up is suddenly making it difficult to keep your shield in front of you. As it's starting to catch, you kind of fight back against it and it's not causing any problems now, but you suspect it's going to be a little chaotic in the next half hour. Um, The raptors, however, they back off when they see this solar chainsaw start spinning over your head. Um, They look uncertain. One of them dips their head low, almost submissively, but angrily as it puts its head below its shoulder blades and kind of makes this sort of whining, like chittering sound. It takes a couple of steps back. The other ones watching the one in the center take the cue and start to show a little bit of uncertainty as well. You've bought yourself some time. They look like they're not as sure as they were before. Uh, Instead of telling them to run, can I I recon that to just tell them fire or steal? And that's it. Mm -hmm. Easy enough. Uh, in which case, Zekker reaches into his bag and just goes, pulls out a flare and goes, as soon as it sparks up, starts waving it in front of them and goes, ah, ah, screaming and waving at this. Um, that's actually going to be enough to get them to take a good couple of steps back at this point. Question, they do not do, retreat. What's up? Do companions move in combat independently or are they an extension of a player they are extension of a player they actually move right after the player takes an action cool so you can kimmy can actually act now if kimmy wants to because we're not there's an initiative role so we know who's going to be acting first but noir has successfully zach has basically stopped combat yeah kimmy doesn't like that these these guys are around at all uh didn't like it when she saw him and doesn't like that now that they're this close to the people and so she's basically she's just going to kind of like 
her low circle is getting lower and she's like getting like diving at them not okay. fully attacking i don't think because i don't think that like that's what's happening right now but she's like swooping down and screeching kind of at them and like snapping and yeah like an angry mockingbird just like get yeah. away from my nest kind of deal yeah um, exactly can you make a roll for me yes i'm gonna call this a movement roll so it's a speed check here cool um, but it's at um, increased difficulty because the wind is picking up yes yeah so she got lots um, of lots of shouldn't be too hard for you i'm going to set the difficulty of this at i'll set it at standard so i'll set it at two six or better how many skills can be applied to a uh skills only a, uh, a single skill specialization can be applied but you can apply up to if you have like assets you can apply skills and any other you can spend effort and then you can use an asset i don't think i have effort for the the companions don't have do they no um, i don't believe of. so no 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 so yeah no um okay uh kimmy has flying gliding and diving are all skills that she has okay, then, so yes, you can lower the difficulty automatically uh by one okay so standard and will I drop to simple at three believe i'll just have to roll on that 11 wow 11. um <laughs> what is with 11s today <laughs> we're on the wavelength we're on the wavelength the swooping, screeching, and snapping pterosaur, keeping in mind that Kimmy is not small, um, it, it seems that this is more trouble than it's worth. And the fervor of wanting to kill and get a, a free meal, not quite as tempting as it used to be. You don't see them fleeing in terror, though. Instead, they take a couple of steps back and kind of linger a bit. You've seen this tactic before. Pack animals use it all the time where they kind of disengage, but they're not actually leaving. They kind of try to feign disinterest and move away, um, but they don't actually, they, they keep watching. It's one of those situations, Zach, where you know if you turn and start running, they're going to start chasing. But at the moment, they look like they're not pursuing. They kind of, you see them like turn their bodies as they slowly move towards the taller grass, but they keep angling back. A few of them kind of hissing angrily at this pterosaur that swoops down on them. One of them, though, looks kind of paranoid of the pterosaur and is ducking low and ducks low again and starts to move away from the rest of the pack to try to get away from the pterosaur. You've got yourself an opening here, but if you start running, it's going to excite them. Which is going to cut into your time at getting back to Silver Creek. Or you can run and take your chances. It's be, it's because he's got a crew with him. He's not going to. Um, I'm gonna. Hmm, I'm gonna take a shot at one of them. It's it's the only thing that I could think. Okay. Of. Go ahead and take a shot at one of them. What are you using? Uh, I'm using the chainsaw. Uh, of the solar chainsaw. Oh, so you're I gonna got... charge one of them then? You're going into melee. Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Okay. To... If I make a display of this, I'm, it's it's essentially showing dominance is what he's trying to do. Yeah. So, um, I mean, your knowledge in dinosaurs tells you that since they're already kind of wavering, this will definitely do the trick if you land a hit. Uh, and I'm I'm looking to swing at the one that looks to be the pack leader. Yeah, the one that's not quite ready to give up on you just yeah. yet. One that's lingering a little bit. Um, all right, go ahead and make your attack. The difficulty of this, because of their speed and because of their agility, the difficulty starts at five. So it's a 15 or better to hit this thing. 
before okay. you spend any efforts. And if you have any skills or anything that will knock that down. Um, practice with all weapons. Uh, yeah, that automatically will give you... Um, that should automatically lower it by one. Okay. Um, That'll drop you down to four. So you need 12 or better. Unless you okay. want to spend effort you, you or story point. You can use that story point. Yeah, you can use that yeah, story I'm point. Yeah, I'm going to use that story point now. Okay, so that'll drop it down to three. So now you need a nine or better. Here we go. All right. Uh, how's a 19? <laughs> a 19 is a minor effect. <laughs> oh. So here's what you can do. You can either damage this thing. It gives you plus three damage if you hit with a 19. Or you can use a minor effect and not damage it at all. And you could do something like distract, knock back, move, strike, specific part of the body. In this case, I would let you succeed on a terrify check here. Basically, you would scare this thing off. I'm I'm going to terrify it. Okay. The spinning blades that emit sunlight, or the equivalent thereof, and the sound it makes is enough to startle these nocturnal hunters. And as you rush towards a spinning over their head, uh, the lead one immediately there's a dramatic shift in its countenance as you charge forward it's kind of lingering but the moment you move towards it and you can see the glowing blade it reflected in its reptilian eye it ducks low and darts away at full speed which by the way never ceases to impress you as it bursts of speed at about 25 to 30 miles an hour just bolts and you see the other two follow after it quickly they're probably your instinct and your experience with dinosaurs Zach tells you they're not they're still going to linger but they're very unlikely to follow uh just goes to the others run um uh, <laughs> it bolts um nicely handled on that you managed to escape having to fight them as you bolt that well played on that thing that story, <laughs> that story points Gave you a minor effect, which ended the encounter <laughs> immediately. So nicely done. Oh. Um, you bolt down the hill. Um, they do watch you with interest. You can see dark shapes moving in the grass, but they do not pursue. <laughs> One of them just kind of watches, stays where it all. As y'all are rushing, you can still hear it's like sounds of protest. As this strange, like bleeding sound that only like avians can make. This, just like echoing out in the background. A combination of both beautiful and terrifying. You can recognize this out of punctuation. <laughs> the screeching of the pterosaur as it kind of wobbles in the wind overhead. And you guys continue on your dash back down to Silver Creek. Inside the walls of Silver Creek, the chaos that that we left behind last week has not necessarily improved. Because where we pick up this week with all of you inside the walls of Silver Creek is you see last we left off, you all were trying to piece together. You had made the connection that this artifact, this thing that you have is reacting to Dahlia. Where we are picking and I am up outside. Now. What's that? <laughs> and I am outside. And you're outside. Yeah. And I have out in that direction. Yeah, you've moved out in that direction. You guys have moved away from Dahlia, who's inside right now, just recovering and just catching her breath. Um, the two of you are outside, 
and a few thick rain droplets have spattered against your cheeks as you step outside. Um, very dark overhead, and the wind is slowly starting to pick up. You can see a couple of people in the perimeter up on the outsides of the walls of Silver Creek are starting to have quick discussions, and you can see a couple of people running around. There's some last-minute preparation as, like, things are being tied down. Bag, 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 bag. And I go to it and don't even quite get the bag, but I do try to scoop the Vern. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then I think Joe just kind of, like, swoops, like, the rest of the bag <laughs> off to the side, like, and kind of, like, ducks under your arm once you have the tiny creature. And is just like, uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, I think potentially, perchance, that we're experiencing a little bit of, uh, like, like the Larson effect, the sound, where the input goes back into the... The output goes back into the input, then it becomes the output again, and it goes back in, and the cycling of the sound, microphone, the microphone screech. Yeah, the microphone thing. Um, I think that's what's happening, but somehow with time, time, maybe best, best, best guess, best, best uh, 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 assessment of the current situation. So I don't know where that leaves us. Uh, the assertion that Dolly is a time microphone. Or that this is. And she kind of like rattles the bag. <laughs> I say at about this point, stepping out of one of the buildings, Clover, you spot these two in the middle of the main street, main pathway that leads down the center vein, as it were, that leads in the, through the center of Silver Creek. Um, they look like they are both very nervous, maybe a little excitable. You're not entirely sure what's going on, but in the ambient light of the glowing stormlight lamps, you can tell that something is going on over there. Um, I step out, uh, and kind of stretch, rub my eyes, ugh, and then see, oh, what's going on, and make my way over to them. Hey, uh, everything okay? <laughs> Everything's, you know, storm. And yeah, rain, even? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, rain and storm. Rain, <laughs> rainstorm, I call it sometimes. Possibly more that myself. Yeah, it's gonna be a pretty big one. What what's uh what's in the bag? Oh, that stuff. It's just my bag. Yeah, no, maybe Joe's a little. Just Joe's also rain. Just, uh, holding the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe will like close close it and then just like put it on. I get like you have to make sure you have the sunscreen in there for the rain rain burn for the yeah when the rain goes away. Yeah. Mm hmm. And yeah. Joe just looks at Ozzy like, <laughs> like the, and the Ozzy doesn't look. Yeah, here, just Joe's, like Joe's, I'm gonna keep looking, keep selling, keep selling, keep selling, keep selling. Joe's help. Lib. I'm about to start answering questions. Look like. <laughs> okay. So, uh, have you all decided where you're hungering down for the storm? We haven't really been given instructions, actually. I think we were going to stay with Dahlia, but she's in Bruno's very hostile. That oh. this, yeah, that's true. Actually, it's in a in his own special way. Oh, well, someone nice gave me a change of clothes and let me change in their place. Maybe we can ask if we can bunk with them. Yeah, maybe ask someone where we're even. Maybe people don't stay in there. Oh, maybe there's a, a another yeah, spot. I don't. Yeah, that's maybe true. someone yeah, with maybe... real knowledge should tell us. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a shelter somewhere. 
look around. It, yeah, are there other people running around right now? There's only one other person that's out right now. You see a man who looks like he's maybe approaching his 50s, um, has a vest on, long sleeve shirt. You can tell from the wear that it looks like it has been worn quite often and for a long time, but it also looks like it's made out of a type of weave, like something higher quality than usual. It has baggy, like these baggy, almost cargo-like pants on um, and thick boots. Has a couple of pieces of tech on him that are glowing in the middle of the night. Um, Asian gentleman who is currently holding up what looks like a small vial and is measuring something on this device as the rain is starting to pick up a little bit. He's standing out in front of a very large... Uh, very large domicile that looks like it is made to accommodate seems like it has an outdoor back area too it seems like it accommodates uh, perhaps wildlife or maybe livestock he doesn't yeah. seem to be he seems to be completely oblivious to the rest of you he's about maybe 50 feet away just completely oblivious as he's measuring something i'm gonna go ask him if he knows where we should stay for the storm and i might oh. i that's Michael Yen. That's Michael Yen. Oh. No, I said, I said, remember? That's that's the one you're going to like. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I walk over to him. Hi, are you Michael Yen? Yes. Sorry, I don't know you. That's oh. unusual. I know everybody. Are you new to Silver Creek? Oh, are you? did you arrive with the other two that arrived I, earlier? I did, yeah. Sorry, my deductive reasoning is a little slow right now. I'm so caught up in this uh it's lovely to meet you he extends his hand i'm uh michael yen nice to meet you i'm clover clover nice to meet you um did you i'm sorry did you need something yes we just got here today we don't have a place to stay and also oh oh that's this is a bad night to not have a place to stay yeah please do, would you like to step inside oh sure sure i mean sure do uh, you have any animals that need looking after yes we all um, have our, the, the back area is usually where I help with the live births. If you want to bring them back there, I don't think I can accommodate, unfortunately, a trike. So I, I understand that one came with you, and unfortunately, I just oh, don't have the space. I think the trike actually lives here already, so maybe huh. it, 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 he already oh, no, has the a trike place. we we rode in on the Atticus. <laughs> Atticus, yeah, yeah. Um, have, oh, have you come over? I kind of waved them over. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll we'll kind of follow up. But no, yeah, Atticus is the one that the three of us like rode in on, so it does mm -hmm. not live here. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought I thought Atticus was um Dahlia's. No, oh no, duh, uh, I'm confused. Dahlia plays Atticus. Yeah, Dahlia plays Atticus. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm surprised that we made it to chapter four before we got <laughs> right? confused over who is who. Uh, I retract that statement then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh okay. Um yeah, where do people tend to stay during a storm, like really bad storm? Is there a shelter? Uh, oh, yeah. The shelters that we get inside, that we've made our, our homes, are actually quite resilient against storms. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we just need to find a, a, a home? Oh, and that's this. And he kind of ushers to the side doors, and you see this metal door go slide open. Cool. Walk in. Um, you step into a very well-kept very well organized clean interior it has almost like this it has like this smooth wooden floor that stretches out into a living room area um you see there's a couple of computer terminals here located all over the place but you see everything there's a kitchen here you see um there is a large bedroom off to the side um 
you see some data readouts. A couple of sati pieces of equipment are also located over on one of the kitchen counters. But you see what looks like he's built himself a refrigerator. <laughs> you can actually see that it has a food storage units in the back. Uh, it looks surprisingly like well stocked, well monitored, well kept. Definitely unusual in this time period, but uh, it's cozy to say the least. Very comfortable. Well lit. You step inside. Um, stepping into the doorway and Ozzy, Joe extends his hand and offers. He says, uh, please, please um, make yourself at home. Um, if your um, uh, companions, uh, if you would like, um, I can take them around to the back. There's uh, a nice little sheltered area where they can sort of nest up for the night. Oh, that would yeah, be great. Yeah, previously mentioned my companion, do you have uh, is any knowledge of a place that he would be okay with? I'm sorry, Caitlin, you're cutting out. I can't hear you. Oh, no, I need to eat my microphone. <laughs> is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Um, uh, uh, aforementioned Triceratops is uh, my companion. Uh, unfortunately, do you know of a, uh, a location where he could bunk up for the night? Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't. I, trikes are, yours is the first one that I can recall seeing in Silver Creek in some time. Just don't have the space for it inside the city, uh, the city, <laughs> um, the village walls. My, my, my advice would be to let, Atticus is his name? Yes. My, my, my best advice would be to let Atticus out. Okay. Um, and, and I only say that because a panicked trike can absolutely wreak untold damage on Silver Creek. Yeah, he has temper tantrums. Um, that, I'll go do that. I will, I will make I'll note help. of, oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. If, if you'd all like to sort of make yourself comfortable and I'll be right back. And feel free to fiddle with the gadgets. I've got all sorts of things over here if you want to check them out. Uh, excuse me. Just in, in mind of gadgets, Joe is going to slide off backpack and pass it over to Z okay. before we go. Okay. Clover um, notices, but doesn't say anything. Uh, he steps out the door, and you see, by the time he gets out, the rain has begun to fall. It is um, at an angle already. You can already hear the wind picking up. Will we? Oh, yeah. we. Will we also need to, like, get our companions, the non-trike companions and non-vern companions into the back shelter if you want to play that out you can i'm assuming that he is sort of the herder and he is going okay. to be able to get them in there to sort of like stow them into shelter got it yeah just wanted to establish yeah. that it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i think it's cool. probably uh sweets and then kimmy mm -hmm. will sweets, kimmy. arrive after circumstances mm -hmm. and bruno is a is a scaredy health <laughs> check-in uh bunking down well, bruno and mm -hmm. kimmy are locals too so they, they probably it. have setups yeah they have yeah. whatever they're gonna whatever sweets they're gonna do need some guidance um yeah, in this case yeah. atticus atticus you can tell even even old atticus is a little agitated right now mm -hmm. and as you're leading him towards the gates i'm going to need you to make a roll yes um, and because of the situation i'm going to raise the difficulty by one it's typically a difficulty three to get him to behave it's mm -hmm. now a difficulty four so you need a 12 or better excellent um... and that is where i'm going to start telling you all the situation because we are in stage one of the storm. Hmm. So I've created a rule for this. 
Stage one of the storm is going to function like the horror rules function. Meaning that through every stage, the range for a GM intrusion increases. So right now, typically you need to roll a natural one for a GM intrusion to come into play. But right now, it is increased by plus two. So you need to roll a one or two or three and a GM intrusion is going to happen. And to give you guys an idea of what's to come, as the storm increases in intensity by the stages, so too will that intrusion range. Hmm. I'm in <laughs> Yeah, as this I is a well major system that is blowing through Silver Creek right now. So, escorting Atticus to the gates, uh, you can see up on top of the walls... Piper can see what's coming and she nods and immediately shouts something. You can kind of hear her voice over the wind, but you see the gates going, starting to slowly creak open. Um, make, uh, yeah, make that check. Okay, so I'm going to uh, uh, spend some intellect to drop a debt back down to three. Okay. Uh, and I'm also going to ask for a story point because uh, Atticus is an old man and I want to ensure that he is as least stressed as possible because he's very big. So I'm going right. to uh, drop back down. Duran452, thank you. Thank that you. Story point. Atticus, thanks you. All right, let's see what we got here. That's an 18. Nice. Atticus kind of calms down when he sees you are also nearby. He seems to be able to anticipate what Michael Yen is telling him. Yen is kind of, you can see Yen is a natural. And with, actually, I should have included him as an asset here because he's technically helping you. <laughs> so you lead a very nervous Atticus to the front gates. But as you lead him out through the front gates, you kind of give him the pat, let him know to go. Mm -hmm. um, I think she has her system with him is like she'll put kind of like when guiding like she'll she has her hand kind of behind his frill like on one side of hits and then she kind of it's like horse reins but in a very gentle way like it, she can't actually move him but she can give inclinations with like how she's tugging and so I think like a like a double tap behind behind mm -hmm. the frill where her hand has been is the you can go and so okay. she just gives a little, okay buddy we'll see you soon hopefully you've seen a rhinoceros trot yeah. It's that incredible their girth, their their incredible girth that they have on the like armored, thick-skinned body as they trot. It's very similar with Atticus, as even at his age, this what thirteen ton <laughs> trike, <laughs> however heavy Atticus is, yep, just tons. kind of <laughs> you can feel like the vibration thudding in the earth as this dinosaur just trots. <laughs> and sort of gallops at its slowest pace. Uh, you're not sure where he's headed, but he seems to have somewhere in mind, and you yeah. see him vanishing into the darkness. And there is immediately, as this happens, Joe, there is immediately a surge of anxiety. This is the first time you've been without Atticus since fleeing since fleeing yeah. uh, Kaleno City, and he's running and off into a storm. known where he is, too. Like, she's been, he's been a part of her life her whole life, and so even if she wasn't in the same place as him, this is, yeah. I think she turns to Michael and says, there's places for him to effectively hide, right? Yin looks at you and says, don't worry. He has a better chance out there than he does inside the walls. Trust me. They kind of just know what to do. He'll look He's after himself. Smart. Okay. You don't make it to his age without knowing a thing or two, I'm sure. Yeah, he spent a lot of it 
in or near Kaleno, so this is... You hear Piper above suddenly cutting you off as she shouts down, If you two are done fucking around, I need to close the gate! Um, I was vulgar. Yen goes, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's Piper, sorry. Um, effective, sorry. effective. And <laughs> we'll kind of start headed back in. Um, you guys walk in, and Yen seems completely oblivious to the storm as he turns to you and goes, so tell me about Atticus's cybernetic foot. Was that installed in Kaleno? And uh, how is that, what's the maintenance of that been like? Has it been a problem oh. for him, or is he so, adapted to so it pretty well? So far, no. He, nothing, people always ask what happened to him, but nothing happened to him. He was born without Oh, one of his, oh, oh, it was just a never thing. And then as he got older, it got harder for him to move on just three. Oh. And so we installed it like 10 ish years ago. And uh, I, I do, I do upkeep personally. It's uh, my area of study is, is cybernetics uh, and biorobotics. So I'm able to. Tracks and goes... <laughs> Sorry, just give me a minute to collect. Stage that makes me very happy, and I'm collecting myself. <laughs> um, I, too, know a thing or two about cybernetics. Um, I have Ooh. a hydrosaur with a cybernetic eye that I personally implanted um, after he lost it in a, an attack. Um, Ooh. I would love to have you look at it. It's I would love to look at it. Every every two months or so, it becomes infected. I have to clean it. Uh, she has to be sedated, and then uh, she's reintroduced to the herd, and then in about two months again, she starts tearing up and... I gunk collects and I have to go in there again and it's it's very, very common. And she hates well, it. Yeah, one of the things we've had to deal with is is figuring out how to let them coexist in an easy way. And that's a very delicate area of, of the we should keep moving and she starts starts walking backwards. Very delicate area of, of the mm -hmm, mm -hmm. body. So I mean I can see I don't have my entire uh, lab with me, but but I can see what I can do with what, what I have. We can see if we can implement oh, no. some of the things that I've learned in the past yep. and and, see, and and try to help out. That would be lovely. There's a couple of people in, in Silver Creek that I'm teaching a little bit about cybernetics, but it's very early days. The only other person here that knows a thing about cybernetics is Melina, and it's not, frankly, not as much as me. It's not her area of expertise. So I'm very excited to meet somebody else uh, who knows a thing or two. This is very exciting. Um, we can uh, definitely check. You should check Clover, who, who, who you met first as we all stepped or just now uh, also installed cybernetics onto uh, a sweets. Uh, her pterosaur. Um. I am. I just. I didn't think I'd be. I, I'm excited to be shut in the storm for the next few hours with y'all. I'm looking forward to conversation. This is going to be very cozy and exciting. Uh, so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, and Joe, I think is like like lit up a little bit for the first time since <laughs> leaving Kaleno, and not like a like a huge overjoy, but just like a like a, like a breathe easier. Like oh, okay, okay, I have a okay, cool. I have a spot here. Like for for now, right. I have a this makes sense to me. You definitely get a sense from Yen that he is either he's either lived some time in Kaleno from Kaleno. He definitely comes off to you like he's his accent and everything would suggest he's just he's managed to maintain um you you've you've heard it you you don't know the country itself you've only heard about it he's managed to maintain a little bit of a of a chinese accent you can hear it a little bit it's it is uh typical of somebody from kaleno city to maintain their accents and their native language not so much outside of kaleno you can kind of get the feeling like oh we're gonna connect like you already yep. know um while this is happening, I would like to know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Sam this because I know Sam loves it when I throw them juicy stuff like this. But I'm curious, since Clover and you are left alone for a minute, does Clover perceive any anxieties or anything 
on Ozzy in this time? Like, what is Ozzy doing now that you're kind of alone with Clover? The door closes. It's only been about, oh, 10 minutes since the events happened. Um, prior question that Clover's player is also qualified to address, uh, taking stock of Vern, how is Vern doing during the storm? Uh, we know Bruno isn't a storm Bruno. Is Vern a storm Vern? Or is it like, you know, one of my dogs just couldn't care less if there were a storm, the other one is shaking like a like a little shaky uh, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is I think being a tiny thing, mm -hmm. um, Vern. Uh, as long as Vern isn't caught up in like an over over flooding river or something like that, Vern's gonna probably be okay and be able to like climb a tree for safety so Vern has natural safety measures for storms i don't think Vern Vern is going to be super freaked out about the storm i think Vern will be cuddly with ozzy because of what just happened before and just in a more comforting like is my human okay just yeah. so yeah that's what yeah that's what Vern is up to right now just kind of providing some support checking in on their human. Real quick question. Is this facility big enough for Sweets to be in or would Sweets need to wait outside? Sweets can probably fill up the rest of the space outside. Okay. In in the shelter that's built outside. Um, but Sweets is going to probably fill up all the remaining space. Uh, Y'all are hearing about it. There is just squawking, <laughs> sassy squawks. <laughs> as I like <laughs> the indignity yeah. of this <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah. isn't that just a, a perfect counterpart so like sweets Ozzie... is pretty big but K kimmy if i remember correctly kimmy is kimmy is the largest of the two a lot yeah. kimmy is considerably oh, yeah. larger yeah. it towers when kimmy stands upright kimmy towers over the rest of you so kimmy's eight uh, feet tall i believe yeah, yeah. sweets is about five-ish five and a half maybe is that right i think kimmy mm -hmm. i think with kimmy's crest no 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 yeah, Kimmy, Kimmy towers over all of you. Kimmy's about Kimmy's eight head. feet tall. Kimmy literally Atticus can look down on all of you. Yeah. Nine. So, yeah, Kimmy and Atticus are comparable, but mm -hmm. otherwise they are. They're, they're big. Right, right, <laughs> and right. Kimmy's no. wingspan is double 25. that of like Sweets. Sweets yeah. is like action figure. Yeah. <laughs> Smaller pterosaur versus one that's coming into <laughs> adulthood. Um, okay. Okay. So, uh, all of that is, is pretext to say that the the physical blocking movement of Ozzy at this moment is holding Vern and introducing Vern to like sniffing things in Michael Yen's place because, you know, either you can be all over what you shouldn't be at some point, or you can just like inter be introduced to it, have some smells about it, and then I will not wake up in the middle of the night with something knocked over. <laughs> And curiosity. Um, so just holding kind of like baby. And like, roll. here's a gadget. It's who, made of who, gadget. So real quick question then. Mm -hmm. Because I want to know if Vern is, and you tell me, is Vern, is Vern scared of thunder, rolling thunder? Mm. Um, what do you think? I mean, it, mm, 
could be. Yeah, I think if it gets close enough, yeah, yep. Vern would start to get a little freaked out. All right. In which case, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you make a check here. But I'm not okay. gonna increase the difficulty because you are indoors. So go ahead and make the check. It's difficulty three, so you need a nine or better. Okay. All right. This is this is for uh for Vern. I have to yeah. I have Ozzie. to make oh, for Ozzy. Oh, okay. I have to make the, a the Vern handling check. check, basically. Okay. This is basically to find out if Ozzy is able to calm Vern down. Or is Vern going to follow their instincts and burrow into something? Aussie. <laughs> uh, that would be an eight on a so nine check. Like, so, like a, so like a cat or an, uh, any, any animal that spots a sofa with openings between the cushions. Vern, there's only one way to alleviate this fear. Cowbell? Uh, and as Oz, <laughs> as Ozzy is trying to calm you down, it's not doing it. Mm-hmm. You need to hide. Your your instinct is immediately telling you. Armpit. That's the first place I'd go. <laughs> okay, all uh, that. Oh, oh, that's both tickly and scratchy. I don't enjoy this. Uh, so, in terms of what Clover will see. Uh, it is an extremely awkward proto-weasel dance. Uh, okay, but write that there's one no down. mechanism. <laughs> proto-weasel, proto-weasel's definitely a band name. Proto-weasel dance, too. <laughs> proto-weasel dance, yeah. It, it's the band name title of the track sort yeah. of thing from the, from yeah, the yeah, first yeah. album. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Oh, I wish there were a self-intrusion mechanic in here because uh, let's say I'm we- proto-weasel dancing so hard, oh. my bag slides oh. off my shoulder onto the ground while I'm otherwise focused. There, uh, that's yeah. what Clover sees. Brilliant. Interesting. Okay. Same bag Clover. that was being cradled like a baby. Okay, got it. Cradled like a baby and that you saw Ozzy uh, uh, be, be somewhat protective of like, mm-hmm. and very secretive of our whole trip. Yes. Okay. Noted. Very surreptitiously passed from from Joe back. I just want to pause real quick because you slipped just now, Sam, without even realizing it. But in this moment of mischievous, like uh, little mammal that's being incredibly like mischievous and spooked right now, you actually called Vern clever. Clever. <laughs> or clever? You you called clever. you called Vern clever just now. Oh, what Clover sees ago. is maybe I said Clover instead of Clo- yeah. Yeah, no, no, I just it's just funny. Or my vowel, yeah. Because uh, or, or you, could, you might have said Clover, but it sounded like Clever hey. for me. Maybe I just projected, but I was like, oh, Clever. We all remember Clever. I um, I do love I also, do love also a Clever. Little mysterious creature. Um, okay. Yes. So, but would never would would demand to puppet my skin rather than try to like climb yeah. into it. What would you? How would you describe the devices that spills out onto the floor? Oh, are we spilling it? Okay, oh. I was gonna. I was gonna give quote that. Okay, mm-hmm. um, no, it, it pops out of the bag. Now, is this a GM intrusion? <laughs> it is now. Do you want to okay. take that? Yeah, I will take that. Yes, and I will pass on to Clover uh, okay. for oh. for accepting temptation. Genetic P. Um, now, the yeah. intrusion aspect does have to cause a setback. Instead of just inciting a scene here between the two of you, there is going to be a setback here. So I'm going to inform you both of that. That is the price of like getting the XP. Right. You guys are going to get that. However, at the moment, all you see is this device slide onto the floor, and I'd like Ozzy to tell me what it looks like. How do you imagine it? Um, hmm. 
Uh, it there is sati tech in the room right mm -hmm. now that Clover could see. It doesn't quite look like that. It looks like the prototype version of that. There are uh, a couple of wires uh, poking out uh, that are just kind of roughly soldered. Uh, there is actually a bit of mud on it now. I think not in a key location, mm. but on a chassis mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, somewhere. Uh, and there is an, an LED pad looking thing that again is mostly bare wires, not a lot of, of hasn't hit the design range. And that has numbers that tick according to no particular uh, visible structure, but change once per second. Hmm. Interesting. I kind of picture it the size of a sort of like a large pretzel. It has these sort of like weird tubular objects moving around the edges of it that kind of have almost a, a very subtle pulsing light. It doesn't necessarily shine, but is noticeable to add to um you see that laying on the floor okay clover uh looks at it notices that ozzy is very distracted looks back at the device mm -hmm. and without moving towards it will try to get a good look at it and use her i think i have let's see what i have i have something for this oh yeah you're a tech this is what you do yeah okay I have machine interface. For one minute, I gain an asset on tasks to discern the level, function, and activation of technological devices that you touch. So I have Amazing. To it's walk with dinosaurs, but for technology. So you have <laughs> yeah. to touch it, though. You have, yeah. to, you have to go over there and grab it. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swoop in, gently grab it and the bag and say, you drop this and just put it in. So I've touched it, but I'm also, I don't want to violate any protectiveness, but I also want to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to reveal that you are violating any protectiveness. Sure. Let's call that spade a spade. Sure. <laughs> I put it back in the bag though. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So how, do you have to spend anything for that? Yes. Two intellect points. Okay. And where, where's my, oh yeah. So do you want me to read that again? Uh, you're going to get the level here. I need Sam to roll a d6, please. Okay. There it is. Okay. One. Roll the one. Okay. It is a level seven artifact. So whatever it is, it is powerful. Um, as you set it down, the numbers clicking, clicking across it, across it. You notice on the inside that sort of pulsating light fixtures on the side, the tubular like things that are sort of twisting around and bending back into it. The way it's built almost make it look like those are handles, mm. but they probably don't function like handles. They just look like good places to hold. Um, you set it down and stare at it a little bit about the time that Ozzy has noticed what you've said and set down. 
you're not entirely sure what the hell that thing does except for um okay actually let me revise specifically what does that ability tell you because it, uh, it does tell you how it operates correct yes it says uh level function and activation so what it does and how it turns on how it activates how it yeah um Your instinct tells you as you set this thing down that it is not running on its internal power. In other words, this looks like something that's broken that shouldn't be on right now. Hmm. It looks like it's operating, like it's receiving power from somewhere else. But you've seen before, you've seen remote power recharging. That kind of thing does exist. Hmm. But definitely gives you the sense that this is tech that's not complete or maybe it's broken or maybe it's faulty but yet here it is activated hmm. the last piece of information you get is whatever it does perhaps the reason you don't know is because it's not complete or it's faulty or it's broken mm -hmm. but you do know that whatever it is it is related somehow to temporal manipulation hmm. which is a big deal one of the most advanced sciences that exist is heavily guarded by Sati and only produced or used by Sati. They're exceedingly rare. You've only heard of them. They are usually prime targets for butterflies. Cause remember the butterflies want all attempts, chances of manipulating time in any way destroyed. And there is a fleeting thought that goes through your head for a split second, Dahlia, just, or rather, uh, Clover, for a split second, there is a part of you that thinks if you destroyed this, you could get back into the butterflies. For a split second, that thought occurs to you. Whether it tempts you or not is completely up to you, but this would be a prime target. Um... Yeah, I'm standing back up. All this is going through my mind, but I'm looking at Ozzy. What what is Ozzy doing? Uh, I'm I'm putting this back up on my bag, and you can look at both of our faces. I like it when you look up to me. That at that exact point, Vern has poked out of the shirt, <laughs> so you get two sets of faces looking back at you in varying states of meteorological uh, slash. Uh, Temporal alarm. Um, yeah, no, uh, you know, wheeze alarm. Uh, <laughs> it's an affliction. Uh, thanks. Yeah, no problem. I look down at that it's open and I look up at you. Uh, I think Clover doesn't have a good poker face. <laughs> so... Yeah. Clover's, yeah, has this expression, eyes a little bit narrowed, but just like one eye, brow cocked, curious, mm. uh, a little bit kind of like trepidatious, but wanting to ask the question, what <laughs> is that? <laughs> really wanting to ask it, but not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just kind of also probably looking at the bag and then back at you.
Michael Yen has a lot of cool Sati tech around here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait. And he said that we could snoop. That's like really cool. Can't wait. Always exciting to snoop through Sati tech. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh... What? Uh, huh? Oh, you were just starting to say something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at this thing. <laughs> oh, hey, a distraction. Yeah. Huh? Oh, uh, yeah. This is what does this thing do? <laughs> you walk over to one of my. Oh, I mean, I'm the wrong gadgets. person to ask. Usually, I'm the person asking, what's this? What's this? So maybe uh, I, I should ask you, what's that? And I point at what's in my bag. So you, you don't you don't know what it is? Uh, yes and no, but if you've got any preliminary conclusions, Dr. Clover. Okay. Uh, it's really powerful. <laughs> Not quite sure what it's supposed to do, but I know what, I think I know what the person who built it wants it to do. Uh, think time manipulation it's kind of in that area okay cool you and i now know the exact same amount please welcome to the conspiracy i'm aussie crate this is fern what's fern please leave it is so ticklish where you are <laughs> back in the armpit <laughs> yep <laughs> thinking about this point is when joe would reemerge with michael yen in in the lead, like constantly turning back to face her as he steps in the door, talking excitedly. I'm assuming we're like very damp, if not soaking wet. Yeah, at this like... point. Although you would notice that Michael Yin's shirt is completely dry when you guys step inside. Whatever mid mid conversation, mid, mid thought. How did that happen? How did something happened? What happened? And she kind of like like points like without touching, but like at at his shirt. How? And then points at her own shirt, which is soaking wet. I don't understand. What's what's the problem? What what did I do? Shirt is completely dry. Oh 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 um, it's a wet weave. It is okay. Yeah, wet weave. Huh, that's very practical. I've only had it in lab uses. Um, yeah, so quick backstory. Um, actually, who here? Um, actually, everyone here would know about wet weave. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so literally reading out of the book, wet weave is genetically modified orb weaver spiders producing strong, super amorphic fabric. It's used for weatherproof outfits for humans and creatures, temporary shelters, flying apparatuses, and watercraft. Originally available only from Satie, there are now black market weave farms located around Gravac, many of which also cultivate other things. But yes, it is a super high-tech material that is produced here using um, the webs from big weave spiders. Also, I'm going to give a quick shout out to one of our big supporters, Rogan, and I apologize because I know you have arachnophobia and I will do my best to steer the game away from any of these farms. <laughs> In which this weave is created and grown. Going your next game. Um, there goes my backstory. <laughs> and here we go. Um, oh, that's fascinating and very practical. I haven't seen it in general clothing, everyday clothing use. It's mostly, I guess, I've used it as 
lab equipment or in testing, but that is yes, okay. We have we have some supplies here uh, that uh, we've managed to preserve, and every now and then when trade comes through, there's a whole thing I have to talk to you guys about. Uh, typically, we make our ways down to the Chalk Road and do trade um, just before a lot of the caravans reach Silver Creek. Uh, sorry, Kaleno. <laughs> we leave Silver Creek to uh, go to the Chalk Road, have trade. Um, usually, we can get discounted a little bit. It, like sort of the early bird pricing, as it were, before they reach the gates of Kaleno City. So, good to know. Not an easy trek, to say the least. No, I imagine not. Uh, so, uh, storm protocol? Anything we should know? No, just bat down the hatches. And if you guys hear any of the alarms blaring out, because we've had a couple of occasions where lightning strikes have called us out to put out some fires, but that's very rare. Um, lightning strikes. Depending on the storm, um, lightning strikes will cause forest fires or grass fires and whatnot, but typically the storm is so powerful, the wind where you might fear would carry the cinders and light everything else up, the rain is usually so heavy that it doesn't catch. At the mention of fire, Joe like like slowly slides gaze to Ozzy. Who is, by the way, shot for shot, same guilty conscience posture from when Clover walked in yep. on uh, Ozzy and Joe. Just same yep. jump, same <clears throat> be cool, uh, except the arm, which is at a strange angle because um, creature. Yeah. Part of a weasel. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you give the look at the mention of fire. And Yen continues talking, completely oblivious to the look. But aside from that, no, uh, there was one time when I was, uh, huh, this was, oh man, this must've been about 20 years ago where we had a, an incident where some terrified sauropods, big ones, uh, came, uh, charging through the valley. And at one point we thought they were going to barrel through the walls here at Silver Creek. Um, but Piper was able to, I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, Piper's mother was able to steer them off. Lightning rod. Otherwise, it's just sort of a um, sit and wait kind of thing. I used—I usually love storms. They're fascinating. Collect a lot of scientific data on the atmospheric differences. Um, <laughs> the intense oxygenation of the atmosphere here in the Cretaceous period causes some strange weather phenomena that we were not expecting when we first arrived. It's not too out of the ordinary, but let's just say things are, um, well, everything's bigger in the Cretaceous period. <laughs> let's put it that way. Yes, yes, yes. Static discharges are a lot more common. Um, in fact, I think some of the most violent storms we have are simply just static electricity that is built up typically from volcanic activity that's not too far from here causes massive electrical storms, causes some of the worst forest fires we've ever had. But during hurricanes or typhoons or whatever you want to call them, as they blow through here, it's kind of, um, usually we get the tail end of those. Do you have any ways to combat the, the fires or is that also a oh, bat in yes. the hatches? No, we have flame retardants. Down. Sure. Yeah, no, we have, we have ways to put things down. Yeah. That's not, that's not a fire is not really a problem in Silver Creek. It's the fire around Silver Creek. There, nothing's gotten close to the settlement, thank goodness. But uh, the Red Jaw Wilds have burned down at least once in my lifetime. It's... I believe that is part of their natural life cycle in some species, but not mm -hmm. my area of expertise. 
Yeah, I mean, the entire ecosystem changes when it happens. Other dinosaurs come in here and start hunting, many of them actually expecting free meals because a lot of shelters for smaller mammals have been destroyed. Um, so you'll get a lot of raptor activity, lots of uh, lots of pterosaurs start moving into the area because they don't have to worry too much about tree branches anymore. But eventually, over the course of about 20 years, you would be surprised. Again, higher oxygenation in the, in the, in the atmosphere because this incredible amount of... Uh, of the, the sort of the breathing life cycle of the planet because the extraordinary size and proliferation of plant life here in the Cretaceous period, um, everything grows bigger, everything from insects to trees. And um, forests heal remarkably fast. Um, you usually would have guessed maybe 10 years before full restoration between a forest, at least on a minor scale, but here it's anywhere between uh, six to seven years. It's quite impressive to see a forest completely go back. It's pretty amazing. I've, I've heard I've heard that the redwood trees like these last far into the future from where, you know, the first commuters came from. There are some of these trees still exist. They're actually very fascinating. They, they hold each other up. If one gets struck by lightning, since that's what we're speaking about, mm. they'll hold each other up and, and help it heal if it doesn't burn down, I suppose. But they really are fascinating. It's sort of a community of trees. It absolutely kind of is. Let me, let me just add to that. He leans forward and he says, everyone <laughs> focuses on dinosaurs here in the Cretaceous period. And they are fascinating. Don't get me wrong. They're my first love. But there's an entire ecosystem out there that, of, of life, of life and death. There is an entire dance that happens at our feet, around us. The plant life here is in a constant state of, of you just start edging away. <laughs> uh, I've, I've realized I need to, I need to go out actually okay i need to go out yep so okay uh, um just be out. um i would say don't stay out too long the wind gusts will start picking up and they actually can become something of a uh, danger if you're out for too long okay yeah no oh yeah we're back hmm. all right when you step out and the door closes behind you the wind has begun to pick up significantly and every now and then a gust kind of actually you feel it push against you as cool air slashes rain across your face. Um, the rain feels kind of nice. It's been, again, very humid, very warm. So Sunburn, water. Oh, yeah. But about this point, <laughs> what, drag, what, what really catches your attention, though, as you're stepping out the front, is you see the gates of Silver Creek have opened again. And you see what looks like three individuals and a pterosaur they're entering into the gates and they look exhausted. And at point you see the Zach. The person Zach. I was gonna go check the in about. You, yep. The person you all met in the Red Jaw Wild. Zach is his name. Yeah. You see him with running in with, with two others. You I think you remember the girl's name, something about Earth, uh, Tara. She comes running in. You, you overheard them say the name. Uh, the other one you don't recognize at all. But they come running in together, and all of them just kind of catching their breath as the gates begin to close behind them. Um, Zach, you are just... <sighs> you definitely earned your merit badge today. I'm just going to put the solar chainsaw and shield away and look to Tara and go, you did well. I'll give you an assessment first light. Can't wait. Kimmy's hey. super agitated. <laughs> and you yell and she gets more agitated <laughs> yeah Kimmy is still kind of in like 
flight fight or flight mode a little bit. <laughs> that she adrenaline rush has not worn off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's just like that. <laughs> oh girl, well, it's just gonna pull out another ration and like not you you don't you don't give scratches <laughs> to a dinosaur, but just like that pat of well done, well done. Down the gullet. <laughs> um as you all arrive and you make eye contact with you, I'm setting the storm at stage two now. Stage two is high winds and slashing rains, and the threat range has increased by one, so now one through four triggers a GM intrusion. As we step into stage two, we are going to take our 10-minute break. And when we come back... We're all in the city together. <laughs> no, I know. We finally have nearly the entire party together. Oh, y'all, y'all are y'all have spent more time split apart than you did in space show, in any of the space shows that we have run. Welcome so, to split the party, the game. Yeah. Um, we'll be back in ten minutes. Don't worry. Now, a quick message during the break to help us continue producing shows like this. Consider supporting Althaven on Ko-Fi. Your contributions keep the Haven alive. And if you're not already part of our vibrant community, join us on Discord. It's the best way to stay updated on upcoming shows and events. Welcome back to the Cretaceous period. We hope you enjoyed those dino facts. We're going to go ahead and jump back into our our uh, our narrative tonight. Um, let's go ahead and pick up where we left off, which is. Um, the oncoming storm has raised to stage two. So right now you were all experiencing high winds and slashing rain, which is affecting visibility. And it's going to be incredibly difficult for anybody who can fly to fly. Uh, it's going to be a little perilous. You have arrived at Silver Creek just as the storm is hitting, Zach. So by the time you come through the gates, you're being hammered by rain. And you can hear shouting over the winds and the rain, uh, Piper telling you to get indoors. You can also see that she's ordering everybody else that is currently manning the wall to also take shelter. They are officially leaving their post and taking shelter inside Silver Creek. She starts crawling down the side of the wall along the rope and just spins all around and touches down next to you in the mud. Gives you a look and she goes, everything go okay out there? Yes. I'll give you a full detail later. You should get inside. I can make sure everyone is hunkered down. She says, get your ass inside. When you say that to her and she points. <laughs> he goes, not before I get Kimmy into her shelter. All right. Get Kimmy into her shelter. Vecker, what are you looking at me like that for? Vecker shrugs and goes, oh, no big deal, boss. Just was wondering when the hell you were sending someone to feed me. I was sitting up there just you know, wasting away and enjoying the treetops and all. And she goes, shut the fuck up and get inside if you don't have anything productive to say. And he goes, yes, ma'am. And he jogs off. She turns and looks at you and says, all right, let's get your friend into some safety. Uh, she glances about for a second. You see you taking quick stock and she goes, Zach, we don't have time to fiddle with this. Why don't you just take Kimmy over to Yen's place? He's always got room in the in the backyard area. As you say. Come on, Kimmy. Tara goes, I'm headed home. She gives you the salute. See you, you after. Well. <laughs> she jogs off. 
Piper turns and starts making last minute preparations and you see a couple of people sealing the gate up. You also see them doing something that they do on occasion. You see foam being sprayed at the base of the walls. Just and this foam, as it begins to spread out, you see it sapping the moisture out of the out of the soil around it before it settles in and gets wet again. But you basically have seen this before. This is sort of this bizarre tech foam that actually gets at the base. It strengthens the base of the walls and actually helps prevent some of the flooding. You just see them making their quick rounds with it. Um, they've been at it for a while from the looks of it. As you're heading in, Zach, as they're just spreading this across the, the base of the wall. And as you are approaching what you know to be Michael Yin's house, you see somebody on the outs on the stoop, basically, glancing out towards you. Very familiar face. Kimmy, you know the way. Just give her a pat. Kimmy, of course, pterosaurs, when they walk, it's always such a curious sight. They basically kind of walk with their knuckles down and their short little legs as they kind of like slowly, their version of a gallop, move towards uh, an enclosure. Um, surprisingly agile for a creature. Mm -hmm. It was not designed for the best of walking, but makes their way into, Kimmy, you find yourself in a shelter. Kimmy, the moment you round the corner and start moving into the shelter, um, <laughs> the enormous form waiting for you is the very familiar and very irritating Pterosaur, your counterpart. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, you start! Oh, you startle her so bad. There is a from from outside. Zach hears like a shriek and like a couple of snaps, which is you know that something scared Kimmy. It's not it's like funny, attack or anything, Kimmy, but it's like not nah, like. It's, it's funny to you, Kimmy, because uh, well, it's funny to the rest of everybody else. Kimmy absolutely dwarfs sweets. Like, yeah, almost twice as like literally twice the size. And, and when you move in there, you see this enormous form. It takes your eyes a second to adjust before you realize that it's actually sweets uh, on what looks like a, an elevated perch area. Squat, um, ah, squat, ah. <laughs> get snapped at, like not actually to bite, but like how loud, like her loud big beak that's like the size of most of your body, like the any. Anybody in Silver Creek can hear these two yeah. pterosaurs having a very loud conversation, apparently. Oh. They, they are figuring things out as they do from time to time. One of them is reminding the other one that it is top dog, and the other one is being sassy. <laughs> Just being sassy. Um, uh, Zach is walking over to the, the porch area, uh, and who just kind of having a hard time seeing through the rain. Is there a reason you're outside? Oh, I... Hey! It's you! You're here! Uh, is that your Flapasaur? That was... Snap... Can I clap? Was that clapping? Inside... Inside... Yeah, I mean, I assumed, <laughs> but... <laughs> He's just walking over to you, like uh, if only if this is okay with you, like just kind of like a hand, like gently pushing you towards the door, like inside, please. I'd be happy to roll for it, but not for free without courtesy. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> happy to. Um. All right. If if you are going to try to roll to resist. Then 
typically, interestingly enough, and this is something that we ran into on Callisto mm -hmm. 6, was Cypher System inherently does not build itself for PvP action. And so yeah. what it relies upon is kind of just who gets the higher target number in, in the role. Um, which makes it kind of a gamble. You don't exactly know which target number to shoot for. So in this case... Right, and then we added a, a plus three for skills. Mm -hmm. Sorts of things. As yeah, I we kind of just added a modifier for it. Yeah, make it make number go bigger. Yeah. And beat target. So if you got to... Because plus three is usually enough to I jump imagine one level. Zach might have something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but I mean, Zach is kind of exhausted right now. Uh, ooh, I wrote an eight. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Does speed defense count here if I try to avoid the clothesline? If yes, if you are trying to defend yourself from this, then clothesline. also an eight. Okay. I just, I just wanted the time. Immovable. Immovable meets unstoppable. The two of you kind of are locked in neutral here. They don't seem to be. They don't seem to be agreeing, adhering to uh, the need to advance. I'll. I'll. Can we? Uh, Noir, why don't you say I'll? I'll use the momentum of the clothesline, step mm -hmm. and turn it, so we both basically do a one eighty in place, but you do get a get a contact on me. No, I was worried about you because you were out in the forest, and there's going to be some pine burning. <laughs> what were you doing out so late? My job, which also involves making sure everyone is safely inside during this storm, which is only going to get worse. Yeah, I've heard Michael Young was talking about it. My buddy Joe likes uh I think I think likes them. I think they're gonna be a a, a good set. Shouldn't you be inside then if I'm, if everyone should be inside? Come on, let's get you inside. Why aren't you inside? Come on. <laughs> There's and a... I'll, if you have that clothesline on, I will, you know, buddy shoulder on you. <laughs> uh, as much as Zach wants to resist, like, the moment you kind of put his arms around your shoulders, the exhaustion kind of kicks in oh, and just is. lets you take. Accept the Okay. There's a bit of a collapse that takes place. Yeah, it's just, all right. <laughs> Yeah, no, let's get me inside. Yeah. Yes. No, I need, <laughs> I need to be inside. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. You got to step inside of Michael Yen's place. Um, you find yourself in a dry environment um, and lots of conversation happening indoors. As it would appear that uh, Yen is just sort of regaling everybody in this place about the arboreal majesty of the cretaceous period as if no one here knew as if you all hadn't spent your entire lives in the cretaceous period um when you step inside he reacts immediately seeing you stepping he goes zach zach you were you were out at the red gel what how did are, are you okay do you need anything or you need medical attention do you need some water <laughs> even though there's plenty of that outside right now if you want to just go open your mouth but no i got stuff that's filtered that's if you want to he's funny you you know, yes, water would be great. Thank you. Sure, yeah, take a seat. Um, you running a long way? Did uh, how how did you get here? I assume you didn't ride on on the dragon. There's no such thing as dragons. Dragons a social construct. There can absolutely be. The point is glucose, right? Don't isn't that a thing? I look to Joe. Exercise glucose oh, a thing? Yeah. If, 
yeah, you should replenish your 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 strength if you've been doing a, a heightened physical activity, which Snacks. is that maybe you that yeah. It's my job to do the strenuous physical activity. Oh, and I don't mean to say that you shouldn't do the strenuous activity. I just say that you should support your body when you do so. Um, I simply meant that I have done this often. And I am aware of how to recover. Is everyone oh. here okay? Uh, it seems like maybe you're the only one who's not. I'll see myself out. <laughs> like, like catching up on the the, the being chastised. I was like, oh, okay, I'll let you. <laughs> you can all hear the rain, by the way, hitting the walls of the domicile that you're in. The storm is raging outside right now. Uh Zach is going to uh, start unloading his equipment onto the nearest flat surface. So there's just a shield, the floor, uh, uh, yeah, a <laughs> shield. Uh, but he's like he's he's using way more energy than he should to make sure that it's neat and ready for use. Should should the need arise? Mm -hmm. So the shield, the chainsaw, the bow, and the quiver. And then after all that weight is offloaded, honestly, I think he just sits crisscross applesauce next to all that stuff, pulls out a journal, and starts to write uh, the uh, Tara's assessment. Yes, he's like nodding <laughs> off as he's writing. So if I put a, 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 a Cretaceous granola mm -hmm. bar on top of the bow... You'll definitely notice because you're very aware of the presence of all your weapons and stuff. Right? Cretaceous Granola Bar. Also a good band name. <laughs> if, if play, I thought that was the venue at which Proto Weasel plays. Proto Weasel the plays a Cretaceous Granola Bar. bar. <laughs> all right. Did you see? Add, add that to the list. Like We're gonna, <laughs> we are going to seriously add that to the list of possible t-shirt ideas. <laughs> oh, just like a concert shirt for it. I love it. Yep. All the Tour dates on the play. back of it. <laughs> all of, all of Street Punk's merch is gonna be just it's fictional gonna be bands. Jokes, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be band names. It's all it's gonna be. Uh, he says, uh, "If you put the granola on my bow, my bow will carry the scent to the granola, and you may very well get me killed on my next run." Better take it off and eat it then. My goodness, that glucose. Hand it to me, please. Absolutely. So, um, I hear that everyone got word of the storm. That's good. How soon were you all able to begin preparations? Oh, uh, I mean, soon relative to I don't really know. When you called, because I'm new and unimportant, but... I was I I was kind of worrying on you, so so I'm glad to see you're back. I heard you were out we there, did. and and yeah, I mean, you kind of you you saved the kid. I think I saw the the zip zi zippy was it zippy the Joe zippy yeah yeah I saw the zippy uh uh getting getting hunkered down probably like three four hours ago. What he said. Yeah, we were able to spot the storm through the eyes of the pterosaur. Uh, so that was a good indicator. Through the eyes of the pterosaur. Well, I singular, <laughs> isn't it? Like turning to Clover. Like, Band uh, name. 
album name at the very least. <laughs> this is going to be the ongoing thing. That is, that is at least an album name. Through the eyes of the album. That is the hit single played <laughs> at Cretaceous Granola Bar by Proto Weasel. I am Terrasaurus, the screech <laughs> of the bird. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just talking to my community this morning about how impossible it would be to do a two-hour RPG episode. <laughs> and I was like, think tried. of all the things you would lose if you limited it to two hours. Hey, hey all you gotta do is have a cast of two. That's how we did it. That's true. <laughs> all fired Stanley Cup. <laughs> Mm. Anyways, uh, turning to Clover, like singular eye, I actually didn't get a chance to look. One, the singular eye of the pterosaur, or oh, uh, one, both, both eyes, both. Oh, through the both eyes of the pterosaur, yeah. I would like someone to explain this scouting technique, please. Uh, oh, you're in. And I'll just uh, take a take a glass of water uh, from Michael Yen, who I think passed it My over to Zach. Like you know, get ready. It's down to me. As Michael comes in, uh, uh, Joe goes, "Oh, this is what I was telling you about. This, this is what Clover's about to. You're gonna like. You're gonna like this." And <laughs> yeah, so Clover ha has her goggles. She takes them off of from around her neck hands them oh actually she, first she starts to hand them in excitement while uh rushes over to you zach and it's oh oh wait i have to set it up i just forget um also i like to always ask her for consent so let me just just give me a minute and she puts the goggles on taps some buttons on the side and says sweets who's ah! outside <laughs> hey sweets ah! hi is now a good time yeah, how's Sweets handling things with Kimmy? Because uh, Sweets had Sweets had their own space there for a second, but now oh they're God. oh my God. Sweets Sweets really thought that this was going to be their own space that they were they were heading into their own space. I think Sweets is curious and more than anything, self preservation. So it's just I'll see this space. I wanted to check out another space anyway. <laughs> Kimmy is full on potting. So if you look through Sweet's eyes, you see Kimmy full on like no talk me I'm angry posing in the corner with like her beak like pressed up against the corner like looking over like she's still watching but like she has her big beak like pressed into the corner and she's just really irritated that this guy's here too. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's what you see through Sweet's eyes. Yeah. Oh, no. no talk me I'm angry. Oh, okay. Oh, there. Oh. Okay, well, here you go. And I hand the goggles over to Zach. Zach's gonna put it on and go. Oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Here, it's not not for you. It made me really dizzy. So, understand. oh, and she's not even flying right now. So, yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's very disorienting. I look around. Anything else of note in this shelter for the animals? It's very dark, but you, I think you would see as Sweets is glancing about, um, there is a lot of water flowing down the main core, the main path of Silver Creek right now. Like a mm. lot, a okay. small, a little small river is just mm -hmm. flowing past the front door of where you guys are. Um, mm. You are seeing uh, the occasional brilliant flash of lightning followed very quickly by rolls of thunder. Um, and the rain is 
sort of coming down at close to about a 45 degree angle at this point. The wind is really roaring outside. Mm. Well, I hope Silver Creek's drainage system is, uh, is properly set up because whew, that's a lot of rain. Oh, it's not the rain that we have to worry about. It's the river. Yeah. That's the problem. It's always the problem. And we'll have problems. It depends on how big the storm is. Um, I've actually been measuring it. He holds up this little device that you've seen before, Ozzy. You see this three-dimensional holographic projection that shows what looks like a small section of what seems to be a supercell storm. You don't get the full altitude of clouds, but you see it can measure up to two miles and the storm just keeps going. It kind of vanishes after two miles and in height. And he goes, yeah, it's a big one. It's not, it's not, I've seen bigger, <laughs> frankly. Uh, but um, that's um, uh, total mass, like size of the storm. I don't know how tall it is. <laughs> I've never been able to figure that part out. But um, uh, this one looks like it's going to be a big one. So it's probably good that we're nestled in. My guess is, and I'm sure Piper is preparing for this right now, but my guess is, is we're probably going to have a flood warning in the next hour. How long will it take this storm to pass? Uh, it depends, but from what I'm reading in my sensors here, um, it's probably going to be for the rest of the day. I mean, it's, it's only 6 a.m. right now. It's moving incredibly quickly. Mm. <sighs> so if there's lots of rain, um, and that suppresses the fires, do... Uh, do fires still happen like in the eye of the storm or something where there isn't rain? Fires. Oh, well, if it is, if it hasn't become a tropical depression or a tropical storm itself, uh, then, you know, if it still has an eye, um, I haven't seen that happen before. That would, I mean, not that it's not possible. Obviously, that would literally be just like a perfect storm of events, pardon the pun. Um, but it could happen, yes. I think it would be soon suppressed, however, by the passage of the eye. Storm would certainly swallow it up if the rain was consistent across the cell. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. It's mostly the static storms that you have to worry about when it comes to fires. <laughs> um, it would take an extraordinary amount of lightning activity to to cause significant enough fire to pauses and says, unless there are circumstances in which it would happen they're exceedingly rare uh what kind of circumstances are those and look significantly over at joe well and then back um, with aussie curiosity let's see yeah. <laughs> uh circumstances for uh, a raging fire in the middle of a tropical storm like this i would say yeah. um we did have a pretty wet season there's a lot of foliage there's a lot of stuff to light up in the Red Jaw Wilds right now. Uh, the grasslands are quite thick at the moment. Um, still not very likely. I suppose the most likely candidate, and again, this is exceedingly rare. None of this is... One has never hit Silver Creek yet, thankfully, but um, the most likely culprit would be a time terror. I'm going to need someone to explain to me why we're talking about fires. Uh, I think they're just curious. Uh, you're just curious? Unless... Oh, always am. I Did I not preface the first time I met you? All the way, way back. <laughs> right, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, that's but, yeah. I look at Clover and I look at Joe. 
<laughs> for some lore well, and background, time terrors are, they are indeed, as he has said, they are indeed rare. They are also indeed a big problem. Um, to give you an idea, time terrors are kind of what happens when a time anomaly becomes the size of a storm. And they usually happen out of nowhere. There's very, very little warning when they bubble up. And time terrors are dangerous because you could have gale force winds 10 feet away from you and calm weather where you're standing. Um, they are also, within side time terrors, things can happen as the landscape around you and time itself seems to start to misbehave and stop be, stop advancing the way it normally does. The laws of physics kind of take a break. They can be lethal. And they are usually one of the most unpredictable things you can encounter. Uh, Joe leans over to Ozzy and says, Larson effect. Microphones. Yeah. Based on what I can see of this, like, like Michael's radar and what they have on their little holographic screen, is there any way that Joe could, like, estimate a storm of this size? Would it be able to put out any potential fires? Like, the amount of rain that we're likely going to get, is that going to be, like, helpful or a deterrent in any way? to a potential fire set by a, a time terror. You're trying to extrapolate how the hell a fire could happen when you're being told it probably can't essentially. Yeah. With regards to basically like that, but also like, okay, a fire's going to happen. Could the storm handle it after the fact though? Like that's, yeah, I think she's trying to work her way around to, there's so much water right now. Like, could this be a deterrent? Could this stop it from spreading? Could this be, unlikely that it would even stick because of the water like that's um, kind of she just I would, say make that. A, I would say make an intellect check here and i'm gonna put this at okay. difficult so you need a okay. 12 or better it's at level four okay challenge four. um i have a skill uh in scientific investigation actions involving uh, yeah okay cool yep. so knock that Your down base. one and then does this count as you i have a skill that is computer systems i'm using his computer system like to to like yeah. That would count as, as an asset. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that'll lower it another one. So that'll drops it from four to three to three to two. So now you need six or better. Okay. All right. I'm going to go from there. Okay. So make a roll. It is in fact your turn to roll. Oh. Are you throwing a peace sign or did you just absolutely get me a GM intrusion? Oh. I got a GM intrusion. Um, <laughs> there is absolutely no data to support that there could ever be a fire. It seems incredibly unlikely that there's going to be a fire of any kind. So I just do want to throw out there very, very quickly that I do have an inability from my empirical thing, which is uh, when I get a, a GM intrusion, um, any action I take in response to it is one step more difficult. And this response to this, uh, the response uh, will be to the literal firestorm. So I will have... Okay. <laughs> 
So moving forward, anything with a firestorm is going to be one step more difficult because Excellent. I didn't plan for this. I didn't. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't like that. That is scientifically not possible. So just, you know, tell me, remember that I'm going to have problems later. <laughs> you you definitely get so just your sign, your deductive reasoning. Fires during storms like this. Are it's always possible, but at a storm of this level and intensity, it's not likely that a fire could catch. That's not to say that the thing is, is that like as the storm passes past the area, it's entirely possible that lightning continues to linger. Mm -hmm. And then after the, the slashing rain has died down, it's entirely possible that a light that a, a forest fire could be er erupt. Lightning strikes are one of the most common reasons why forest fires happen. And it's possible, but this is a big storm. So you're not sure how storm flood warning. She can't wrap her head around it based right. on the facts that are in front of her. So yep. cool. She just has that. She goes through that in her mind and it just kind of is frowning at the, at the radar. Okay. It oh yeah. Me. Just curious. That's all. Zach. I see. Well, we have enough to worry about without having to wonder. The storm is going to be something we can survive, but we will also need to recover from it. There'll be tons to clean, debris to remove, and of course, calming the dinosaurs. So. I say prepare for what we know we have to prepare for, and should a fire arise, we'll deal with it then. That's that's very wise. Yes, we will focus on recovering. Uh, look to Michael Yen. Blanket? I'm back at the Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One sec. Comes back with a no, blanket. Uh, you wanted another another water, didn't you? I'll grab you that real quick. Did I mention it? Uh, yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. um. <clears throat> Michael sits down on the sofa and just holds his hands and goes, Anybody want to play a game? I have uh, checkers. Question out of game, mm -hmm. above game question. Did we sleep <laughs> or have we been up all night? I'm assuming some of you slept. I certainly get the impression that Clover slept. Uh, uh, well, uh, judging I, from the fact that you were kind of waking up when you emerged, but it's early, early morning. Um, I can tell you that Zach did get some sleep, but then woke up pretty early when there was hunting oh, going right. on and fled the Red Jaw Wilds. Right. We um, had an overnight. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I forgot. I thought I was thinking Clover just took a. Uh, a bath and then took a nap and had a change of clothes. But I mean, just say it was as like somebody who lives out in the wilderness, it you know, a power nap is usually how you survive. Sleeping long term in an exposed area can get you killed. So, well, um, it's up to you. Yeah, it, mm, I think she probably slept a couple of hours, it was more like a nap. Okay. Um, so you you all see sitting on a corner of the couch, Clover is like trying doing that thing where it's like I'm awake. Okay. <laughs> like not realizing she's nodding off, uh, but she's definitely nodding off. All right. While sitting upright. 
I, I did offer to do uh, uh, cybernetic maintenance to, I believe, multiple people in the room. If that's, I'm not going to be able to sleep anytime soon. So if that's something anyone would be interested in, I'm happy to pull out my toolkit. Uh, sorry, no gear on me yet, Joe. Mm, yeah, unless I'm... you know, I was thinking the super speed. Le Why do you keep saying no to my super speed legs? You don't need them. You're very fast. I want them. Super speed legs. It's this whole idea I have. There are versions of it that exist, but they want them to go, go faster. Picture project, yes. And also have fire on behind because fire makes you go faster. Everyone knows this. <laughs> um, as you all continue to converse inside, you start, everyone starts to very slowly note how loud it's getting out there. Um, this point, stage two is moving into stage three of the storm. It's been about an hour and a half now, we'll say, as you all have been bunkered down. Stage three of the storm sets the GM intrusion range one through five. Um, right now, there are howling winds and slashing rain, and debris is blowing past the house. You're seeing uh, tree branches and grass. You're seeing all kinds of just like detritus from everywhere just uh, flying through Silver Creek. Most of it looks like it is from plant life. It has been torn up and thrown. But right now outside, there are hurricane force winds blowing. It's gusting at at least about 70 miles per hour outside. And you guys can hear the structures that y'all are in, despite the fact that they are small domiciles here in Silver Creek. Thankfully, built with some of the most advanced tech that was brought from the future down here, um, is holding. The roof is holding. All of the facilities around here seems like they're holding. But you can hear the groaning of the walls of Silver Creek on the outside. You can hear these loud popping sounds from time to time. It sounds like great tree trunks are cracking. Every now and then, Michael doesn't keep his cool and he kind of stiffens and just looks like he's listening for a second and then slowly eases. And when he catches anybody looking at him, he goes, we'd hear an alarm if they needed us. So they're probably, they're probably checking it right now. Alarms can fail true Piper will probably contact people if we need to do something going outside right now would be very very dangerous um I think Joe is sitting next to Ozzy just like Chris Krauss kind of on the floor back to the couch sort of a thing while we're waiting things out um and I think just goes I didn't get a chance to maintenance Atticus is like before he went out. I was going to give him time to rest. Before I annoyed him with it. Uh, you know, anywhere you're going to want to bunker down, like, you're probably not moving around if you're 13 tons either. So I, I think Atticus's leg will be alright if it is unmaintained until hear this. after. Pinging sound suddenly. Just as you finish your sentence, Ozzy, you heard this. <laughs> oh, and you see Yin straightens up and goes, oh, oh, hold, hold, hold on, hold on one sec. Big pings again. <laughs> and then a voice over the intercom. And you hear Melina's voice go, 
Okay, everyone, this is Dr. Molina. We, uh, everything is okay. I know everyone's probably heard the sounds from outside. Piper has just reported back that there has been damage to the exterior walls. There is some cracking. Right now, we're tracking to see if any flooding is taking place. We will keep you all informed, but there's no need to be alarmed. Right now, everything is holding just fine. Stay where you are. No one go outside. And I will continue to deliver updates. Melina out. She cuts off the comms. And you see... Yin relaxes a little bit and says, Okay. I had a feeling it was probably okay. We would probably hear something. Yin... <clears throat> On the way here, mm -hmm. we encountered Stripe. You did. He leans forward with intense interest and he goes, uh, uh, what, what, what was the situation? Did you encounter, encounter her? Or did you just spot her? Encountered, encountered. No kidding. Are everyone made it back okay? Everyone's safe. Uh, and how did she look? Did she look healthy? Was she... She looked like Stray. <laughs> of course. Terrifying. Um, I just worry with the damage to the walls. Um, I... I'm not terribly worried. Um, I, I'm not terribly worried. <laughs> Honestly, uh, if there was a problem with the walls, uh, Stripe has certainly been bold in the past, but Stripe has never staged, uh, you know, Stripe, Stripe has never come near Silver Creek. Skystone clan has made sure that that is not going to be a thing that ever happens. Otherwise, we will all be eating T-Rex meat by the end of the day. <laughs> As you say. That being said, um, how close was right? She was at the outpost. The outpost. Okay. That's not bad. That's actually not bad. That's, that's a good distance. Wait, the outpost, of course, built so we could spot activity like Stripe. So, um, well done. We're good. You spotted Stripe and you made it back alive and Stripe is probably running for Stripe's life right about now. <laughs> I mean, every large theropod, seropod, you name it. Uh, they're all probably taking cover at the moment. It's probably gorging yourself to bunker down for the store. That's my guess. But, um, hey, what about Dinosuchus in a storm where the river floods? How does that work? You see Yen go, you see Yen look away for a moment and you instantly detect apprehension. And he says, ah, <clears throat> you're, um, you're referring to the ridiculously named Grimscale, <laughs> which, uh, I did not agree to name Grimscale. That's, uh, I, I wanted to call him Big Mouth, but I was overruled on that one. Um, <clears throat> that is a completely valid question. Yes. Um, in the past, when we have had flooding and the water line approaches Silver Creek, it's it's very rare when Grimm makes his way downstream like that. He normally stays near Jaeger Swamp. That's kind of his bedding area. Uh, we did have one tiny little incident where he got a little close. 
and that became a bit of a thing but it all ended up okay and that was years and years ago <laughs> i'm not uh i'm not we've had floods since then and we haven't had a situation i i'm not particularly worried about it sorry Uh, Joe feels um, just just a little a little bit of a tremble as uh, I discover I am not a storm Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I should ask our new arrivals: Are you at all trained in defending yourself? Should you need to? No, not at all. I can make a go of defending myself in a court of law. I'm, Maybe. Not trained. I, you think what it, you think what it, that? Well, thank yeah. You. Yeah. I promise to get a, for my own part, I, I promise to get a very decent scan uh, before old Grim swallows me. Very unlikely I would be swallowed, though. It's more likely I would be crushed and then and swallowed you'd be you'd be dead by then so it's you know you don't have to worry pretty, about being swallowed pretty yeah. quick depending on yeah pretty 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 quick really <laughs> don't need to the, death roll when you're only one third the size of the creature that's eating you the method of your demise depends on where she captures you that is true I he is your muffs burn <laughs> 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 it's not likely uh, grim Grim is definitely dangerous, but uh, is not as aggressive as Stripe. Uh, Grim doesn't come looking for trouble. Grim is kind of the king of the swamp and likes to just sit in the swamp and do swamp things. Doesn't, uh, like like most of his species, likes for food to come to him. Doesn't really go looking for it, per se. Ambush feeder, essentially. Mm. Like most. Not ambush hunter. So, um, yeah. Although there was a, there was a few instances a, a, a few years ago, it was very very early on when the, the the ferry service was we were trying to get connected to Kaleno City, and uh, they decided it was a little too dangerous. So anyway, it's talking up a storm here. <laughs> Let's see what I said. During this part of the conversation, Clover mm. is uh, fall is asleep. Okay, Clover, <laughs> you just Clover, you're listening to this. But uh -huh. honestly, this is not your first storm outside of. Uh -huh. I mean, this is I'm inside. I'm safer than I usually am right now. Yeah. I think the sound of the wind is actually really like calming. Not calming, but you know how like yeah, 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 yeah. That the, white the, kind of thing. Yeah. The caves that you all lived in. They were a little bit at higher altitude. You never had to worry about gale force winds or anything like that. It was always flooding inside the cave. It was always the issue. But butterflies came up with some pretty ingenious ways of taking care of that. This, however, is cozy mm -hmm. compared to what you've experienced. You've lived out inside that for your entire life. And now... Yeah. Also... You're dry, uh, baby. Yeah, <laughs> dry, see... <laughs> Like cool technology everywhere. I'm like very cozy right now. Um, also, mechanically, I did two recovery rolls 
uh, okay. one during the nap earlier. Cause I actually have spent, I had spent like almost half of my intellect points and I was like, Oh, oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Good to do I was a recovery asking, I was like, did we rest? You, you could technically do three recovery yeah. rolls because you have one action, 10 minutes, one hour. I'm yeah, take all I only three needed also. to take the first two because okay, cool. Yeah, I was able to roll high on both. If so. anybody has used any, yeah, if any of y'all have used any of your points out of your pool, you can use you can use a recovery roll to gain back one d six plus your tier, which is one currently. So, uh, I I highly yeah, I'm doing yeah. that. <laughs> I can't I can't think about recovery oh, rolls without yes. thinking about without thinking about what. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't i can't um i can't think of recovery roles without thinking about our, our a, a, ba a certain battle that took place in our superhero game oh. in which we almost lost someone oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. then there were necklaces and everything's okay but then there were necklaces and everybody <laughs> somebody's butt got fixed and we were fine i mean as ordered me your medical bot your name was. Your name. <laughs> 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 a relic of the past. Fix his butt. Fix his butt. I'm going to retweet that after this. <laughs> In immortal. Immortal. Um. Uh, Zach is going to say, uh, your name is Ozzy, as I recall, correct? Everybody in this town, how do you get so good with names? Yes, it's Ozzy. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the water and the food. Have you thought of ways that you will contribute to Silver Creek? I have been feeling some anxiety about that very thing because I think... Uh, the project management skills I've developed, although broad in their utility, don't quite have uh, the specificity. But, you know, uh, there are also some uh, independent projects that I'm probably going to have to talk to Dr. Molina about pursuing. That was a lot of words to say. I'm decorative, yeah. Decorative. Yeah. Are you interested in learning survival, combat, hunting? Uh, survival sounds like it beats the alternative, right? There are those who are trained in survival, and then there are those who rely on those that are trained on survival. Oh, that's me, the second one right now. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, but I have sunscreen in my bag for rainburn. Did you say rainburn? Look, sometimes I can think on my feet. Sometimes I've been running around having non-existent temporal rocks landing on my head. So I wasn't. It wasn't my best moment, but everything. We are sitting on the floor currently. So there we are. Yeah. Wait, how, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you're not on your feet. Okay, see, that's that's how slow I am right now. Didn't even catch that. What were we talking about? Ozzy, while this conversation yeah. is happening. Yeah, yeah, oh god, yeah. You start, you, 
two things happen. Um, yep. You start, you, you kind of, as, as you're talking, kind of as you look around going like, what were you we talking about? <laughs> That's when you've noticed that um, Clover looks like she has fallen into a very deep restful sleep. Oh. It looks like she is just over there, just kind of relaxed. You also get the impression just from the position that Clover is in, it's actually rather remarkable to see, but she seems to have fallen asleep sitting up. It instantly triggers in you a memory of seeing this out on the open road. She is probably used to survival at all costs in the wilds and has apparently trained herself. You just see her just sitting there very peacefully, her eyes closed. Um, and it takes you a moment to realize that you're kind of pulling a little bit at your collar and feeling the moisture on your skin as it starts to feel a little warm in here. Um, uh, I'm definitely looking for like a pillow or a coat or something to put under Clover's head. And if I'm incidentally looking in my bag and seeing if the lights are particularly blinky, that's just a happenstance. But also, what do they look like, Eric? The lights inside? Uh, yeah, if I just happen to, you know, brush open the the flap of my bag, just, you know, having to take a look at it. Really, I'm going for the for the coat, for the pillow, for the ah, cover. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Looking into the bag at your device. Yeah. Um, the numbers are fluctuating. You see them tr going up and down in different directions, resetting and flickering again. They okay. look like they are just moving in a pure chaotic fashion. At that point, you begin to realize it's actually kind of uncomfortably warm, like a sauna suddenly. You just feel this overwhelming. And when you all see Ozzy doing this, the rest of you are starting to experience that temperature spike as well. Each everyone's kind of like, is it, near? is it really warm in here? It just feels like the inside of a mouth all of a sudden, except for it's getting warmer and warmer. Uncomfortably so. Like it went from feeling kind of comfortable to about like a 95 degree summer day inside. This is something that would be clearly out of the normal for this area. Uh, it, it might be one of those things where you think you might be having an anxiety attack or something, but you glancing about, you see like everyone is reacting like they too are aware of it. And that is what's causing everyone to kind of go. If you would like, you can make an intellect based check. If you have any sciences or anything like that <coughs> detect, you can do it. Um, and the difficulty is going to be rather high. It's going to be at five. So 15. Yeah, I don't have any sciences, but I'm still going to go for it just because. <laughs> oh, mm, this, no, that again, that doesn't work that way. Stop thinking that it does. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, dangerous? No. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's a fail. That's a, that's a okay. big old fail. What'd you want? I, I wrote a that's two. You roll, oh, that's a GM intrusion. Oh, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay. Um, you slowly turn and glance towards the outside because, Ozzy, your instinct, your sensitivity to these things, thanks to the proximity of your device, is causing the hair on your neck to stand up a little bit. Your instinct is going off. Same way it might feel like if you were being stalked by something in the high grass. You feel like something is wrong. Your thinking mind hasn't caught up to what it is, but your instincts are telling you you're in danger. Everyone else is kind of 
checking in. Hey, is it warm in here? You see, um, Yen goes, actually is a little bit. That's unusual. Um, this is your climate control malfunctioning. I, I don't have climate control. Facts going for the weapons. Glance <laughs> slowly to your right as your feet pull you up and you glance towards the door. Ozzy. You don't know why your instinct is taking you over. And as you slowly make your way over to your left, you see the form of Zack moving over to his satchel where you see a weapon and a shield laying on the floor. Zack immediately goes, as a Karn is wont to do, when there's something unusual happens, goes straight for his, his comfort blanket, which is essentially the deadly weapons in which he has laying nearby. Um, you see him reach down, and as he's sifting through and getting that thing set up, um, your eyes dart outside the window when something catches your vision. You see outside, the rain is falling straight. Just see it falling straight down. And you notice that the trees around the walls are still thrashing about like a huge wind is ripping them left and right. The key that gives it away, though, is it starts to click into place, is the temperature, the bizarre sight outside. And then all at once, the rain begins to slow down and you see balls of lightning begin to trace across the ground, forming from nowhere. Some of them are traveling at different speeds, but they just form right in front of you, just moving all about the ground. They light up the interior of the walls of Silver Creek with this brilliant white light. Looking at them causes the afterimage to burn into your eyes for a second. You have to blink away. And in that instance, you see a few of them jump like they're leaping from one conductor to the next, though there's nothing they're leaping to. They pop in and out of like spots in the air. Your instinct oh. is to whirl around and warn everybody. And at the same moment you do that, one appears inside right in front of Zach, just as Zach's hand reaches down and touches the metal holdings of his weapon. And you see this explosion of electricity go shocks outwards blinding white light you are on your hands and knees and people are running by you you hear shouting and screaming you're starting to choke a little bit it takes you a moment <laughs> to clear your throat when you realize you're breathing in heaps of ash and you are surrounded by the orange reddish glow of flames You instantly glance up Ozzy to take stock of what you're seeing, but you don't see anybody running past you. You just hear them. The reddish-orange glow of flames, indeed. You know that you're in the middle of something burning, but there's no fire. And yet, ash is drifting down, and instead, what you see is... It's not ash. No, wait. It's... It's snow. The heat is still there. Snow is drifting across your face. And two images start to form in front of you out of the haze of smoke and frost that seem to intertwine. You're hearing voices. You can't make them out, but you see two people up ahead. They don't seem to be aware of you, but they're facing one another. You focus in on them, 
and you see one looking to the other and saying something. Without having to roll, you can tell that one is saying something comforting to the other. And the other one is nodding in place. One is a very large woman. She looks like heavily built. She's wearing what looks like a crude corset. It looks like it is sewn together using these strange leathers and whatnot that's all kind of packed in with these strange like slivers of metal, making it look like this really sort of like awesome Cretaceous period metal like leather armored corset that she is wearing strapped up. Um, big frizzy hair that's been tied back tight. Um, you can see noticeably though this huge scar that is running from the side of her head. It looks like it takes some of her ear off and runs all the way down her neck. And you think you see it actually continue down the length of her arm on the opposite side of her body. Um, the person she's standing next to as she's talking is somewhat smaller in stature, has like frizzy kind of fried looking hair that's tied back into a really tight ponytail. You see all these brilliantly colored, colored feathers of like different colors that are like tied to their clothing. Um, their clothing looks like it is just a patchwork of leathers and baggy pants and heavy boots. Or no, it looks like maybe a kilt, some kind of like bizarre kilt utility thing that's kind of wrapped around them. Neither one of them seems to be aware of you, but one reaches out and grabs the other one's hands. You can see their words even though you can't hear them their lips they move one's telling the other it's going to be okay this is the way we can save everyone the smaller one says i don't know if i can take on this kind of responsibility the larger one replies me either but if we do this, we can change everything. They ignite into flames and burn right in front of you. Neither one of them screams out in pain. Neither one of them seems aware of it, but you do witness the horrible effects of somebody burning. And then you snap awake and are thrown across <laughs> the room. In that blinking second, all of this took place. Zach, you were gonna take six points of physical damage as this ball lightning explodes in front of you and sends you across the room. Um, however, you don't collide with anything because you freeze in midair, right in front of everybody. And Zach stops, like someone pressed the pause button. It's all happened all at once. Yin leaps to his feet and goes, oh my God, oh my God. He immediately rushes over to the one of technology. Do you see him like activate this little speaker and goes, Dr. Molina, Dr. Molina, come in. Dr. Molina, are you there? And you hear static coming back and all these voices flooding through the intercoms. If you guys want to make perception checks, you can. Difficulty is going to be very high. It's going to be six. So you need an 18 or better to land this. Is it? seven for uh is it for i'm sorry i didn't catch that does this yeah is it up one for me or is this i had specifically looked into firestorm but is this an extension of that firestorm it, it is not no okay. it's not, so, okay. always an extension of that yes it would be yes yes so then so then i think it's seven for me so it's seven for you you need a 21 or better i'm the anti-rules lawyer 
<laughs> no, yeah. I know this is what I want. I want it to be yeah, reminded yeah, yeah. of it. This is not something she expected. None of this makes sense to her. So she's having a tough time. Mm. If you want to spend effort, you can. I... So is this role to to perceive what is being said? Yes. Is that what we're rolling Make for? Make out the okay. voices. Okay. Oh, we all I'm see this? You're all hearing it. Now we yeah. hear it, this part, yeah. Yeah. Yin okay. activated the comms awesome. to try to get a hold of Melina to let her know what is going on, because he apparently knows what this is, too. Oh. And as he's activated the intercom, instead, the entire room is being flooded with hundreds of voices. Interesting. Okay, I'd like to use a story point. Okay. To make this a little more possible. Yep. Um, I will I will make this a special one. Um, this one comes from Breeks. Ever the supporter Breeks. Thank you so much. Um, that is going Thank to you. I will lower the difficulty for the everyone by one. Okay. Thank you, Breeks. Everybody's <laughs> going it. Yeah. So, so does okay. Zach also real like I'm completely no, fine with him not really? You got yes. an intrusion. You are frozen you do not yes, you're not perceiving yes. anything <laughs> i'm trying zach is stuck in the effort. matrix right now <laughs> Should i spend effort? i don't cook food <laughs> i'm not gonna it's, spend oh wait. Yeah. i'm not gonna spend effort i'm just gonna I'm roll gonna it never okay. nah so it's five level five now challenge uh, five yeah, it started at six. It's going to drop for everyone down to five, except for Caitlin, because um, Joe is experiencing six. a six. Yeah. Okay. Everybody else, you need better. A 15 or better. Did not make it. Okay. Also, I rolled a three. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled a 13, so no more complications for me. But I, okay. I, have not, I am not absorbing any of this. This is, does not make any sense. Okay. How about you? How did you do, Ozzy? Oh, uh, you said may not must roll on perception, and I'm currently uh, strongly considering running out of the room, so I don't know that my focus is on okay. listening at the right. moment. Uh, like, fair. get potential source of, of time danger away from freeze float is probably okay. more of my focus at this moment than okay. voices. Yes. All right. You splat. You immediately throw open the door, which causes Michael Yin to have a, a moment of panic, expecting gale force winds to come smashing through the door. Instead, you run out into a calm nothingness. You splash through raindrops that are hovering through the air. At first, you think maybe they might be frozen as they fall, but in fact, they are moving at such a slow speed that it's difficult to perceive their descent. You are literally just running through a curtain of water as you smash out. Even as you step into the puddles, the water and starts to freeze in place. However, you are continuing to move through normal time. Um, the voices that you heard coming through the intercom are still present to you, Ozzy. You're hearing them from all over the place. Um, however, Dahlia, who's in her... Oh, Dahlia's in her home. Uh, okay. It's actually Clover. Clover, who just got a GM intrusion. I will take this first. Um, mm -hmm. Clover... You rise up out of your seat because you you have managed to piece together that you are in a time terror. It has clicked with you immediately that that's what this is. The spike in temperature was kind of the giveaway, but the anomalous, the, the balls of lightning, which are very typical of time terrors, that is what gave it away. As you leap up to your feet, you find yourself standing in front of a circle of butterflies. 
each of them staring at you. And at your feet is the body of the Queen of Butterflies, Aldane. Her eyes are still open, and she lays on the ground with a brutal slash across her chest. Most of her arm is missing from the attack of the dinosaur that Arcos had attack her. His T-Rex lingers behind him, swaying. Arco is a man who stands at about 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, Low center of gravity. He has an average build. He's not rippling with muscles. He is tattooed up with piercings across his ears and lips. Thick head of hair. Not shaven like most of the butterflies who like to keep their hair short so they don't have to contend with the dangers of the jungle and the insects that like to nest. He, on the other hand, seems to invite this kind of careless attitude. His T-Rex behind him seems to be anxious. You can still see the blood staining the front part of its jaws from its little bite that it managed to get in before it was pulled off. And he paces in front of you. This man dressed in these leathers and whatnot. In his hand, he has what looks like a fashioned pike made out of some kind of combination of metals and woods. Something that he's always wielded as a very deadly weapon. He's just holding it, looking at you with a small smile on his face. Wags his finger at you and he says, This is the problem. This is why she had to die. Because... Falsehoods are what tear us apart. And he turns and he puts his back to you and he faces the rest of the butterflies who are all watching. You can see a lot of uncertainty and shock in the eyes of the other butterflies as Aldane's body lay there, the blood pooling in the mud. He says, don't you see we are being tested? The lies Aldane tells us. They have broken her. Satis corrupted her mind and turned her against the way. We all know it is inevitable. The sky will fall. And our work is not done. And then he waves his finger and points directly at you. And he says, and we must kill anyone who tries to tear our fellowship apart. Why would you betray us? It gives me no pleasure to kill you, to make an example of you in front of our family. But what choice have you left me? We must protect the way, or humanity does not stand a chance. You have sided against us. Now you have to die. I will mourn you. For a time. Kill her. I turn and bolt. You dash. And to your relief, some of the butterflies try to cover your escape. 
and you hear him shouting, no, kill everyone, kill everyone that stops her. And the butterflies immediately, weapons are get drawn and you hear screaming and shouting as you run through a crowd of violence. And it stops becoming events and starts becoming metaphorical as blood spatters across your face. You find yourself pulling yourself off of somebody who you've just knifed in the throat. You pull yourself up just in time to see someone charging you with a spear, screaming like a zealot, absolute bloodthirst in their eye. And just as they're about to reach you, Sweet swoops in. And you see behind just a clutter of wings, the pterosaur body tackles this poor human to the ground. You only see the feet kicking as the pterosaur does its dirty work. The grim sight of watching Sweets, who is usually of good disposition, absolutely destroy this person. And then step off the open sky in front of you, the chaos around you. And in the moment you remember, but I took a wound. And just as you remember thinking that the spear <laughs> sprouts out of your shoulder. And Clover, from events past, you take six points of physical damage. Anybody in the living room watches Clover suddenly all around her, you start seeing space warp. And anybody looking at her sees blood spray from nowhere across her face and a spear erupt from the side of her chest. <laughs> Sweets come smashing through the front door in a fury. Sweets. All you know is that once again, she needs to escape. They're trying to kill her. Who's the closest to her? That would be Michael Yen. Squawk. Um, go lunges in, no questions asked. Um, it makes yeah. sense to your mind because you see him reaching out to help Clover. But in that moment, all you see is someone who just slammed a spear through the back of Clover. Um, you clatter chaotically through the entrance, smashing through the sofa and pushing your way across. And go ahead and make your attack roll. Am difficulty, I difficulty able, is two. To, yes, am I able to you, do anything? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have you... Roll initiative. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be against the difficulty in which you would normally use in to, uh, to sort of uh, gain control of sweets, which is going to be three. So you need a nine or better. Okay. I was going to ask if I can call out to try to stop sweets. It's an initiative roll. Oh, okay. Got it. So if you make the initiative roll, then you can take the action to try to stop sweets. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, sweets is getting there first. I just I would... did sweets roll. You're really going to want to. You're oh, really going to want A story wanna... point. Okay. Please, lower the... Michael Young, please. That'll lower the difficulty down to two, so you need a six or better. A six or better? Six or better to, to get initiative right now. I'm going to spend two intellect for. Uh, this, uh, it would be oh, speed. Effort. Sorry. Speed, speed, yeah. Okay, sure. Out of your speed I'll pool. So then speed. that'll lower it down uh, from two down to one. So you need a three or better. Okay, Come on. Don't, don't, don't. Got this. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. 
I, oh my god, I got a five. That means what? you succeed and you trigger a GM intrusion. Oh my god. But also, wait, I had to beat. Oh, okay. You had okay. to beat, but the 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 fail so you were going to succeed, but if you roll between one and five, it triggers a GM intrusion of because of the state right. of the storm. So but am um, I initiative against sweets though? You want you you've won initiative against sweets, so now you can take okay. your action to tell sweets to stop. Okay. Uh it, yeah, amidst the incredible pain and confusion and timey wimey brain fog, I see sweets crash in. And as her claws are coming towards Michael Yen's front, I that will equal call out, pale Michael Yen. Yeah, I will call out no. Um, what was your role? My role. Oh, no, no, no. Sweets? What was Sweet's role? Oh, jeez. Actual twitty. Ah. Oh no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm I, so sorry. Do I do a behavioral role, and I have to. <laughs> no, you're gonna succeed, but Sweets is damaging you instead. Okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. No, no, I'm I don't want to lose Michael yet. <laughs> um sweets, what is the damage of sweets claws? Uh so looking here, sweets uh does two points of damage from a diving attack. Yeah. So this... it's gonna be two points of damage plus four from a nat twenty. Oh jeez, is this might? It's might. It's gonna be six points of damage. I'm impaired. Okay, um, that's now I be... take from the next pool. Is so right? now you so yeah so, yeah, so now that you're impaired, um, basically it means um, effort okay. costs one extra point. Right. It's a little more expensive. Okay. Rolls of 17 or higher only ever do plus one point of damage, and you cannot use any major or minor effects, no matter what okay. you roll. You basically cannot crit anymore. And okay. with a stat pool of down to zero, you essentially are going to drop down to a knee mm -hmm. as you are two steps away from <laughs> being debilitated and then dead. So... The, Can we say the, I kind of like interposed then? Yeah. Like that's how I took the, the damage. The way I'm picturing it is Sweets went in to impale Michael Yen and you threw yourself in front of the beak. Yeah. Now, Sweets, it sobers you up really quickly when you pull back and see that you've actually injured Clover. Um, It kind of snaps you out of the kill zone instantly. Total chaos as this happens. Imagine a pterosaur clamoring across the living room and body tackling somebody to try to impale them with their beak as the dinosaur basically just goes into the red. Rather, the cousin to the dinosaur goes into the red and tries to kill. Michael Yin screams and throws himself backwards and then screams again when he sees uh, that beak impale the upper part of your chest. Next to the spear strike, pain erupts in your chest and you feel your air just <gasps> leave you. From multiple puncture wounds, you drop down to a knee. But Sweets, you see the shadow of Sweets over you. Sweets... You immediately feel feel like this deadening of the aggression snaps off. I, I'm thinking that sweets is kind of just over clover, okay, and and being overprotective now. Yeah, like, yeah, just wings. Nobody, over. nobody gets close. Anybody who has seen a pterosaur try to cover and protect its young either from rainstorms or predators, notice that the behavior is to stretch the wings over and warn it away. And Sweets is letting everyone in the room know that if you come, I don't care who you are, if you come close to her, I am going to kill you. You see the pterosaur's rage as it, the beak is wide open as it warns everyone away from this ear-shattering screeches. Um, 
Yen stumbles back and he's looking helplessly as you are currently being covered right now, Clover. Sweets is not going to let anybody near you. Sweets, I will give you this last piece of stimulus. Just a second ago, you and Clover were fleeing from that cave place that you once lived. And now you're not. It's very scary and disorienting. Like, I almost feel like he would want to take her out of here, but I don't think that that's something that Sweets is big enough to do just yet. So the next mm -hmm. best thing is to just claim the area. Okay. This is now our this is now our cave. If what? I if if we can't leave, we're taking it. What is Joe doing while all of this has happened? So that depends on did Ozzy ran out into the storm. Is that correct? Ozzy's outside, yeah. Okay. So I think Joe is having her moment of like paralysis of it, none of this makes any sense. I cannot glean any reliable information out of here. Last time I just closed my eyes and walked away. And that I don't think is going to do anything here because people are actually getting, having spears out of their chest. And now, oh my God, there's a pterosaur in here biting people. Panic. Um, and then is kind of, I think actually does close her eyes for a second and tries to like think, 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 think. Thinking about the item, thinking about last time things were happening. This is obviously an escalation. And then kind of, registers Ozzy having left and kind of scrambles her way up and like trying not to make eye contact with the pterosaur that is very angry and territorial, ter territorial right now. She already is kind of uneasy around dinosaurs to begin with. <laughs> um, but it, this is worse. So kind of like in his head, like scooting out, scooting out, and then kind of is going to try to get out the back door and is running after Ozzy and says, Ozzy, Ozzy, Larson effect, Larson effect, Larson effect, and is going to try to come to you and get you to give the bag to her. You are standing knee deep in snow with Ozzy. The two of you find yourselves surrounded by tall, snow-packed pines. Your skin is freezing, and the two of you are looking at each other. I think it's you. And it can't hurt them. I... Larson effect. Larson effect. Gotta go. You, you're, 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 you're the speaker. I thought it was just Dahlia. I think it's you. Last time when you walked away with it, Dahlia's, it, it stopped. And then when I took it away, when I took you away from Dahlia, it didn't stop. But when I took the bag away from you, it did. I think it's you. I think you're the speaker. Can I, hand, just hands out. Please, That's a theory. Let's do an experiment. Uh, like, uh, there's a there's a mercury trigger in this if if it shakes or becomes uneven. They Ozzie. slowly start to hand it over, and at point of contact, high concentration of volatile organic compounds. Say again. High concentration of volatile organic compounds as we're surrounded by time pine. I suppose so. We'll see what happens. Don't get set on fire. I'll do my Hands best. off. Backing up. Backing up. Backing up. Backing up. And Joe runs. I'm just, she's going to book it. She well, just before, runs. Before you get there. Okay. That's the, that's the intention. <laughs> the intention. You pull the device out. Oh, I just take the bag. I just take the whole backpack. <laughs> 
Oh, you're just going to grab the bag from them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pass bag over. Um, you reach for the bag, and as soon as you seize it, you are not holding a bag. You're holding a data pad. The two of you glance down. You see this data pad with a fractured face. Looks like it's got little like lines and cracks going through it, and a slightly like one of those holographic, like early holographic dimensional projections where if you turn it left and right, it kind of projects outwards. So it's like thin, not hard light. So it doesn't like beam the image in front of you. You're seeing all of this data in front of you and you see it reads at the top, um, has project number on it. And it reads SATI site zero, 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 and then a letter that you can't make out. That glows in front of you. Um, and you see what looks like a map and instantly the two of you see it projecting down into this data pad. The map shows distance traveled, direction that you've moved. Each of you are kind of looking down and you've noted that each of you has made notes in this map. You recognize your handwriting. It's happening in the same moment you glance down and meet each other's gaze as you realize you are tracking how far you've come out here in the snow. The desire to just rip this away and run with it has frozen as you're seeing this, both of you, this is right. You're supposed to be here. Wait, where are you coming from? Something else was happening a second ago. You were in Silver Creek, but how can that be possible? You left Silver Creek months ago. Uh, I think Joe wants, will always go for information where uh, she has a map. Where are we? You are far north. Far, far north. Well beyond where a lot of plotted courses and civilizations have been sprouted up here. Well beyond the Red Jaw Wilds. You are in the northern part of Laramidia continent. Up here, the winter almost never ends. The only time the snows stop falling is for about three months out of the year. And the days can stretch on and on and on. This sun has been on the horizon for the past three weeks without setting utter completely. It's been dark out. You've been dodging fur-covered sauropods that have been hunting some kind of relative of the trikes. Nothing you've seen before. Nothing with big horns. You know you're supposed to be here. But why do you suddenly feel like you're in the wrong place? Each of you has this nagging sensation that you are not actually here. And it's disorienting each of you when at roughly the same moment you feel a cold, icy sensation against the side of your face. Not snow, it's wet. Another one, and then another. Rain. Pines. And you staring at each other in the rain suddenly. Outside. <laughs> ankle deep in mud. As the rain starts to slowly pick up. Rain. Pine. Fires. Run. Running. Running now. And it's going to attempt to continue that. that, that you grab the bag. Where you, hold on to it. You hold on to the bag. Where are you going? Away. Where? What you can just I rush? see from here? Yeah, I'm just running. 
Okay. Uh, any direction in particular? Away from Dahlia's house, away from Ozzy. So the gate. Yeah. The gate direction. Um, yep. You get about 20 steps when all of a sudden the wind begins to return. And as you're running, I need you to make a, any kind of athletics check roll you've got here. Um, okay. The difficulty is going to be vicious. Ready. Because of the sheer gusting power of the wind. It is going to start at difficulty six. So you need an 18 or better. So seven, right? Seven. Oh, right. Because this is attached to. Yeah. Yep. But it's I a water storm. Oh, that's true. It's water. It's this, is water. Not, this is not, okay. this is not related to the fire at all. So this is going to okay. be six. Okay. Yeah. So six. Yep. Story. So, yeah, I'm taking a story point. Use Thank them. you. Use them. <clears throat> All right. So it's going to drop yep. it down to five. Thank you very much, Leo Ambermain. Thank you. Hopefully you save my butt. Um, this is, you said anything Her athletic. Butt. I have my, fix my butt. Mm -hmm. No, I have a skill. You said anything athletic. I have a skill in climbing. It was the one thing that Joe did to get out of. She did like indoor climbing. In You're willing to throw yourself to the ground and try to grab hold of the floor. I'll let you use that. If that's how bad the wind is. It's sure. picking up to gale force winds, yes. Yeah, sure. Then, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You drop to your knees and splatter into the mud. You grab hold as much as you can. Like sides of buildings to, and like the ground. And, you're lowering yeah. your body area as much as possible mm -hmm. so you can fight through that wind. Um, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Did you make your roll? Uh, no, I haven't rolled yet. So that's four, correct? Mm -hmm. With climbing. This is a speed roll? Or uh, no, this is a physical. Physical role, okay. Yep. I don't know. If... I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Yep. I'm gonna spend. Yep. I'm gonna spend. I'm gonna spend yep. for a mite. Okay. Yep. Hot attack. Drop it down to three, then. Need a nine or better. Three. Please roll well, thank you. Still pretty rough. That's pretty please, steep. Please, Let's see. Please. Okay. Please. Okay. Okay. Please. Come on, Joe. 19! Oh, let's go! Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> In the middle of winds that are starting to gust up to about 50 miles an hour, you manage to pull yourself through the mud towards the gate. The wall starts to buffet some of the worst of it, and you find yourself pulling up to uh, the, the front base entrance where you see uh, the gates, the, the walls of Silver Creek are literally just their, their thickness the strength of these gates is made to withstand charging dinosaurs. And you see them moving back and forth under the fury of this storm. When you glance up, you can see the angry gray clouds now in the early morning light swirling overhead as the rain starts to slash down. And as you pull yourself forward, you see in front of you, blinking some of the rain out of your way, Piper has her knees pulled up to her chest. And you see her eyes are wide and red. She's sobbing. Blood is all over her hands as she's leaning up against it. And she's... <sighs> Piper, is that, is that right? Yelling over the wind. She glances up at you and starts mouthing something to you, but you can't hear what she is saying. Piper, Piper, my name is Joe. We met briefly. I need you to try to internalize that it's not real. It has already happened or will happen. But right now you are at the bottom of the gate of Silver Creek and it's raining and you are wet. 
and I would like to help you, but that's the best I can do for now. And is just going to try to like talk like what has helped Joe the few times this has now happened is getting some grip on reality. Either closing her eyes and moving or the water and the pine and remembering what. So like she's just going to describe where they are and what's like happening and that you are not there right now you might be or you have been but right now is not that like just kind of yeah 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 just like yeah. this info like dumping to, to trying to get like through that. to her she's yeah. she's listening to you and when you're done speaking she just says you hear her starting to shout as it looks like a little bit of hysteria coming overcoming her for a second and she holds up her hand to you and says under the din of the wind you think you hear her say I couldn't save her. I couldn't save her. And she opens her hand and you see in her shaking bloody hand is a small necklace. It looks like it's made out of uh, some kind of bone as a little symbol on it. But what strikes you about the necklace is it's the exact same one she's wearing. Identical to the one she's wearing. And she's holding it and staring at it. I couldn't. Close her hand over it and then push her hand up to the necklace that's on her chest. She, you, you may not have saved her, but that's not today. You can't save her again. There aren't second chances. She but stares you can move forward. And you have, and that's proof. This is proof that you've moved forward. Maybe not past it, but you're forward. You're past it to end time. I suppose maybe not emotionally, but it's raining and you're in Silver Creek. Can you hear me? It's raining. It's raining and I'm in Silver Creek. It wasn't raining that day. No, I'm, it, I'm raining and it, it's. And pressing her fist harder against the charm. She reaches her. down and touches the necklace at her chest and. What the fuck? And she opens her hand and the necklace is still there. Time terror. Time terror. Oh my god. Never. She doesn't finish the sentence. She just clutches the necklace. Happened. Happened again? No. It already happened. It happened once. And that's all. Holy shit. Holy shit. She exhales and says, um, the rain continues to pick up and she finally goes, what are, you, what are you doing outside? You need to. You need to get in. You need to get inside. I actually think I need to um, keep walking forward, which is going to sound crazy, and an amount of trust that you're going to need to put in me for a second as a stranger who you met 24 hours ago, barely. Speak um, in smaller sentences. She screams at you through the rain. What do you need? Larson effect. Microphone feedback. Time. That way. She does not. She stares at you and. <laughs> total just bewilderment while all of this is happening back inside yen is trying to get close and says sweets i i need i need to help her okay I need to backs away and says clover i'm, so, I'm sorry I, I i can't i i can't uh yeah i think clover is kind of sinking more and more probably leaning onto sweets' belly at this point uh, just bleeding from the shoulder, uh, trying to get a just not slip into uh, unconsciousness. Um, 
I will try to calm sweets so that she'll open up and mm -hmm. let someone in. So, yeah, I guess I'll put my arm up on his belly and just say, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Your voice seems gentle to you in your own ears. And that sleep that you were experiencing before all the madness broke out takes you again. Pass out. As the world just goes dark. Outside. Ozzy, glancing to your right, you see indoors the frozen form of Zack suddenly drop to the floor. <laughs> which startles sweets. Um, the chaos that's going on inside, and you turn back just in time to see the front gates of Silver Creek opening. And against all survival instinct, you watch as Joe, by herself, charges out into the storm. And that is where we are going to leave off tonight's game. We a mess. Oh my god! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Bad ideas in a trench coat. Let's go. How many can we stack? <laughs> you stack enough bad ideas on top of each other, they become a dinosuchus. <laughs> or a ton one plus one plus one plus one eventually equals dinosuchus. It does. Um, that's just math. That is going to bring us to a close tonight, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for Chapter 4 of Legacy of Silver Creek. We're back next Monday, and until then, we'll see you 66 million years from now. As we wrap up today's thrilling recording on Predation, remember that you can catch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST. Explore our diverse podcast library, from the $2 Creature feature to Pest Control and beyond. Dive into our rich archive, featuring everything from the eerie mysteries of ghosts and werewolves to the epic adventures of Star Trek and superheroes. Your continued support fuels Althaven's journey, so please consider supporting us on Ko-Fi to help create more shows like this. Join our lively Discord community to stay updated on upcoming Haven events. Until next time, keep exploring, keep listening, and keep the Haven spirit alive. Thank you for being a cherished part of Alt Haven.